so welcome to the first uh, Coffee and Heroes podcast of 2019. Um, introduce our, ourselves again anyway. I mean, my name's Alan. I'm the uh, co-owner and co-founder of Coffee and Heroes. We're in Smithfield Market in Belfast. Uh, I'm joined tonight by my co-founder and co-owner. Vicky. Uh, here is uh, again with us. Uh, we're also joined by... Uh, Keith, uh, and I come into the store on a fairly regular basis. Um, uh, I would say pretty regular indeed. You know, three, four, five. How many days a week? Six days a week? Six times a week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, it's a lovely, it's a lovely spot to, a lovely spot to hang out. You know. And now you uh, get your own mug as well. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> you do, you do. Um, so myself, Vicky, Keith, and we're also joined by Roddy, and I'm an indie comics writer, and also not not as frequent visitor to the store because I don't work in Belfast. But if I could, I would. He's still regular to the store. We treat him like family anyway. <laughs> have you chosen your own mug yet? Yeah, he has. Yeah, I have. You have? Excellent. Although I can't remember which one it is. <laughs> silver Surfer one? It was a Silver yeah. Surfer. Uh, man with yeah. taste. Yeah. Man with taste, I knew it. I think it. I got myself a wee bit of uh, half-past danger action. You did. There was something that I pulled out of the box the other day that I thought Keith would have loved this. and I can't remember off the top of my head what it was. If I come across it again, I will show you. But uh, half-past danger seemed to go down well. Uh, trades coming in next week of Half Past Danger by the way onto the shelves just uh, buy it just <laughs> buy it Indiana Jones means Jurassic Park what more do you need so yeah this is the first time we're getting together uh, in 2019 we've all you know nipped off our own respective Christmas and New Year's uh, myself and Vicky we had quite a restful one quite a a game orientated one certainly on New yeah. Year's Eve yeah plenty of Halo plenty of Mario Kart which I lost very badly <clears> at which we both lost very badly. I, I would love to say otherwise. I take uh, it there was someone else playing. There were. <laughs> so, you know, Kieran, who unfortunately couldn't be with us tonight, and another uh, regular good friend from the store, Kyle, they basically kicked our asses at uh, Halo. And then Paula kicked our asses, uh, Kyle's other half. She'll love me saying that. Um, <laughs> kicked our asses at Mario Kart. Plenty of reading over Christmas as well. Finally got around reading Secret Wars. Every bit as awesome as I expected it to be. You enjoyed it. I did. Two um, for two on Keith recommendations. Oh, right. oh, it's killing me. Uh, two Marvel for two. <laughs> you said you wanted a wee bit of a Marvel education. <laughs> yeah, and I'm definitely getting that. Secret Wars was fantastic. Um, I finally read Die last night, which was absolutely fantastic and highly recommended by Keith. And he was so passionate about it that I thought, right, I need to give this a go. And I have to say, as soon as I read it, I was like, that was pretty amazing. Second issue out next right. week. Exactly. Second so. issue out 9th of January. A great date all around. Uh, I'll not <laughs> say why. I'm sure it'll come out at some point. Um, so yeah, restful Christmas for us. How about yourself, Keith? Uh, I had a lovely Christmas. Um, I'm. Uh, uh, I was at home uh, up in uh, up in Korean, which uh, for those of us who are listening from outside of uh, <laughs> outside of Northern Ireland is. Uh, about 60 miles uh, north of Belfast. Um, mm-hmm. uh, spent a little time with my brother and sister-in-law and my new nephew, Stanley. Uh, and that's not Stanley, that's Stan Lee. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, and, uh, and then New Year saw me down in, down in Cork, spending, spent some time with my, my girlfriend and her family down at the other end of the country. Um, I don't know. It was it was it was nice. I, I think I can nearly do with a couple of days off to recover from all the traveling around the place. I was up and down to Belfast and uh, 
had a fundraiser in there for the charity that I work for and uh, and then down to Cork and then back up from Cork on New Year's Day. Uh, so uh, yeah, I was, I was kind of glad to be home and settled and then straight back to work. <laughs> How about yourself, Roddy? Christmas, New Year's, apart from being yeah. you know, sick, of course. <laughs> Uh, well, I don't want to gurn, but as you may or may not hear, my voice is a bit hoarse, so apologies. That's just your sexy but, voice, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> but hey, I turned up, I, f- <laughs> I felt bad, I skipped out on the second half of the the 2018 year in review, so I'm here, here I'm here, sick. Well, the yeah. omnibus podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the many started, the few finished. Yeah. The worst yeah. part about, well, the worst slash best part about our 2018 podcast is we're only a couple of days into the new year and already Keith is thinking of plans for how to shorten down <laughs> our uh, podcast for 2019. Um, but yeah, that was that was a hell of a lot of fun and I hope anybody that listened to it enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed, you know, making it up. Uh, it was just a lot of fun. Um, 2018, great year for comics. Tons of great stuff there. 2019, hopes are high. It'll be just as good if not better yeah for sure um <clears throat> i mean what i should probably say at this point with the this so this is our first podcast it's going to be uh primarily the previews podcast a uh, new catalog arrived in the store the other day um it's a week later than normal because there were no deliveries between christmas day and new year's day uh, so we thought we'd get this one out nice and quick we've been playing around with ideas for the format for the podcast i mean with the previews we've had you know five dc five marvel five indie maybe seemed a little bit stagnated I thought personally um, what I, I like the idea is that there are individual recommendations for the store because people you know they, they seem to be digging the podcast they're, they're definitely going down well which is great to see they seem to be good resources for people but you know anybody who's been listening to the podcast so far will understand that we all have very different tastes yeah i mean you're mr dc but you read a lot of image and a bit of marvel i'm mr marvel but i read a lot of image and a bit of dc <laughs> <laughs> we've got roddy who's very primarily mr indie but yeah but i like to dip my toes in both you know, waters you know despite being my other half i've tried and tried and tried to get Vicky into dc she's having none of it um, I mean, she loves Marvel, but I would say you're an indie girl at heart yeah, at this point. mostly indie, but then anything Wolverine comes up, that's me straight away. Anything Scotty Young comes up. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, she's so. straight in there. So so we like the idea of uh, changing the previews board in the store to individual recommendations from each of us. So if you're more of a DC fan, you'll maybe take my recommendations on board more. If you're more Marvel with Keith, more indie, uh, the, uh, both Roddy and Vicky and so forth. But... We, we've played around with loads of different ideas. We want this to be a resource for people to make it as easy as possible for you to get into comics and to make sure you don't miss out on titles. Um, so we probably spent a good two hours <laughs> before this podcast even started going, what is the best way to do this? Uh, so we sort of, we, we came to the uh, conclusion that it's best to just go through the previews catalogs themselves. Uh, you'll find a, a, a lot of turning page noises, shall we say, as we go through this. But, you know, as Keith said, I mean, I'm more Mr. DC, so I'll focus on going through the DC catalog. Keith will go through the Marvel stuff. Roddy and Vicky will go through the indie stuff, which is good. There's two of them on that because the, uh, the indie previews <laughs> is a hell it's, of a It's a hefty bigger. tome here. It is. I mean, yeah. obviously you have merchandise and so forth in there yeah. as well, but... Um, but yeah, as I say, in the store, it'll be each person's recommendation for a DC title, a Marvel title, an indie title, and also a trade title. We thought we'd throw in the trade section as well, because 
I'd say a good maybe 30, 40% of our customers are trade readers. You know, obviously we have loads of guys who are, you know, consistent comic readers, love the single issues, love the format, but we do have a lot of people who are trade readers. So it's good to sort of keep those guys up to date as well. Um, I mean, I'll just, I've got the DC previews in front of me. I mean, you only have to open up the first page. And I know I'm not going to be the only one excited about this, but the Batman Who Laughs, the Grim Knight, number one. Bat Punisher. Bat Punisher, <laughs> in the flesh, cover by Jock, variant cover by Del Otto, art by Eduardo Rizzo, who's one of my favourite artists. He did a great Good run Lord. on his series, 100 Bullets. That's a dream team of cover artists right there. And then you throw in the writers, which is Scott Schneider and James yeah. Tilly in the fourth. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this is going to be a, just a one shot. I, I must admit, though, I always find it really weird. I don't know if I've talked about this on podcast before, but I find it really weird when they call one shots number, number one. one. Yeah. Anybody I'm else with you there? Because I was going to ask, is it a series? Yeah. Straight so, away, you hear number one, you think there must be a number two. Be much more confusing if they called it number two and it was only one shot. But why don't they just call it the Grim Knight one shot? Yeah. Well. I I don't know. Maybe it's, it's like an annual. You always hear an annual. Yeah. You think. An annual is its own thing. But when I hear yeah. number one, I think there must be a number two. But maybe it's like what Keith says about Marvel. Um, trying to re- re- reboot everything. They love <laughs> it number one. Mm-hmm. So maybe that attracts more readers. I don't know. It could be a way of simplifying things, I suppose. You know, any casual reader sees a number one, they're more likely to pick it up. Yeah. But I just wonder if there's some better way of doing this because, again, I saw this and thought, oh, number one, this must be like a wee three-issue miniseries or six-issue maybe. Um, either way I'm really looking forward to it but it's just interesting at the top of the page it says number one but halfway down the page it says one shot so uh, the previews that we're doing today are for March they are indeed yeah. I, uh, yeah, January I, book for I've March I've probably skipped release. over a little bit there Yeah. so these are the previews thank you Kate uh, these are the previews I got you back <laughs> the January previews so anyone who just in case they haven't listened to the show before with comics, they always solicit their titles two months in advance. To comic stores, they'll send out the previews catalogs, and uh, that's their way of letting you know what's coming out two months from now. So it's a way then that comic stores can get people excited about titles, get them informed about titles, so that they can place their pre-orders and make sure they don't miss out. So as Keith was saying, this is the January previews uh, catalog, and these are for a sale in March of 2019. In March, will the Batman who left so issue one of the Batman who laughs is out was out. Issue one's already been out. Issue two is midway through January. Issue three will be February. So I would say this comes right at the midpoint. Okay, all right. I would say this will be. Uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll get the answers we look through. Because the Batman, <laughs> the, the, the the Grim Knight, who uh, who appears to be uh, a version of Batman who likes Has guns, no yep. problem killing people, uh, and is he basically the henchman for. Batman yeah, and he appeared in the first issue of the Batman Who Laughs. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, interesting. Which for anybody who has not read is bloody. Brilliant. It's a really brilliant really, idea, yeah. just to turn Batman on its head, or his head, should I say, and go for like this? Because the Batman Who Laughs is just insane, an absolutely yeah. crazy character. He's essentially so, Bruce's worst nightmare. It's, yeah. You know, it's it's someone with the resources and intellect of Batman, with the insanity and madness of the Joker. Yeah, all mixed into but one. I, I love the idea of this guy too. So I'm I'm excited for it. But yeah, I'm I'm with you on the the one shot thing. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. number one. Uh, Scott Snyder. We know what Scott Snyder's done. Uh, Tinny in the fourth. He was on Detective Comics. When Detective like Comics dark. was awesome. Shout out to you, Karen. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah Jim Tinny in the fourth was um, one of Scott Snyder's understudies. So he's yeah. he's pretty much you know master. It's master and pupil sort of relationship. But 
James Stanley the fourth is very much his own writer in his own uh, in his own uh, he format. wrote a really great series called The Woods Woods is very yeah. good yeah, yeah it's a boom series boom. Isn't it? yeah yeah uh, really good series this, how is it that, that there's two writers on it they just they just co-write it I suppose it's a case of sitting yeah. down yeah in a writer's room and yeah. you know bandying ideas back and forth I mean I don't know how it works in comics but I know in movies for example if you see uh, two writers on a movie script that means that one person contributed at least 10% to the script because mm. there's movies that have four writers so mm. you're thinking how does it take four people to write this I genuinely don't know how it works in comics but I would imagine it's kind of like this Similar. sitting across the table from each other you know banging the ideas back and forth and going from there you know okay. um, it's so possible yeah. for you know uh, with that being a one shot there be a, a Grim Knight origin and since Snyder was metal and that's obviously the origin of the Grim Knight maybe Tinian the Fourth has written the story but Snyder has gone well this is where the character came from yeah mm -hmm. you know what I mean so, so sort of overlooked it possibly sort of yeah yeah. Giving him ideas where to point him in, in a different, oh, yeah, yeah, very much direction. so. Definitely, being Schneider's co-creator, co-creation, um, it it just might be a, a case of maybe Schneider didn't write any of this. Maybe it's just as Keith says, he came up with the original characters and then he can maybe guide him a little bit through it. Mm. Um, yeah, flicking through the previous book, we you know next one of note is Batman Dam number three. It's at the end of that. That's a three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Keith, it's um, three of three. You'll be happy to see. Yeah, uh, this is down for sale end of March 27th and 3rd is there anything else that needs to be said about it I mean I, I like I Batman thought too it was a step up I didn't really I, like, I like it one, I don't love but, it yeah, yeah I agree with you Ronnie. I'm looking forward yeah. to the art I like it I don't love it but more importantly we turn the page and we have Detective Comics 1000 now we are talking people um, anybody who's listened to this podcast before knows my uh, joy of collecting Batman variant covers shall we say uh, with Batman, your, your slight addiction. Yeah, you can almost hear the tone of Vicky right now. You sounded like Marge Simpson just then. You know, that was not good. <laughs> I think we're going to need an intervention soon. Uh, we don't need an intervention. I'm very much in control of what I'm doing. It's just other people don't understand. I believe serial killers have said the same thing. I mean, I introduced this kind of in a jokey way, but you know, any comic reaching number one thousand is worth celebrating. Uh, Action Comics did it last year. Um, yeah. Obviously, Action Comics beat Detective Comics to the punch with it. I mean, it's even interesting. In a way, I don't even think this should be. I I, I hate that I'm about to be negative on this. It shouldn't be one thousand. What? Batman only came into Detective Comics in twenty seven. And it's called Batman Detective Comics One Thousand. Well, how many how many DC. annuals have there been that maybe make up? I don't know. I, I just want Keith to defend DC. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. You got me. You got me. Uh, no, who are the writers in this? Uh, writers. I mean, I, I get the sense this is going to be very similar to Action Comics. It's going to be anthology tale, which we know Roddy loves. Yeah. And Keith love hates. Him. Yeah. Um, Keith loves my anthologies. So. I love your anthologies. <laughs> but yeah, with Action Comics um, 1000, there was loads of different writers, loads of different artists, and they all told maybe anything from two-page short stories to ten-page short stories. So what I can see from this, first of all, I have to say, this is bigger than Action Comics 1000. Action Comics 1000 was an 80-page um, an eighty page anthology. I can see this is 96. Hopefully that won't include any Snickers adverts. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, the writing talent's fantastic. Peter J. Tomasi, Brian Michael Bendis, Tom Keane, Paul Dini, Warren Ellis, 
Jeff Jones, wow. Danny O'Neill, Christopher <laughs> Priest, Kevin Smith, Scott Schneider, wow. James Tanny the Fourth, and it even then has the tenacity to say and others. That's fantastic. Well, Stephen's not gonna like it because it's got Bendis in it. Yeah, well, this so. is true. You know, he'll he'll get over it. Uh, so I I was on I was on Detective Comics for uh, from sort of rebirth right up until probably some point last year mm-hmm. uh was detective coming out twice weekly uh it was fortnightly time yeah. yeah so the way it worked or, sorry, was not twice weekly twice, twice monthly rather you'd get batman one week detective the next batman the following week mm. detective the next so i was really enjoying it the the story um i think it was james tiny in the fourth yeah uh and the story revolved around i guess the bat family uh, which included uh, the premier Robin Tim Drake um, very little to do with Batman uh, but glasses just came off <laughs> rubbing my eyes but uh, Batwoman Clayface uh, uh, the former Batgirl uh, was it Cassandra Cain Cassandra Cain yeah. um, uh, Azrael was in there Batwing uh, was Batwing, in there yeah. um, and it was it was a great book it, uh, I was really enjoying it and then it sort of turned in its head a wee bit and switched gears and I, I just jumped off it immediately because I was really enjoying that story and that then led into the whole um, led into Doomsday Clock led into um, last year's best title <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> led into uh that the whole thing with Mr. Oz, mm-hmm. uh, where he was effect, yeah. he was holding he was holding uh, Tim Drake uh, captive, mm-hmm. and all of that sort of stuff. So it was it was great, and then I jumped off it uh, because it switched gears completely. It wasn't that story anymore. It wasn't those characters really anymore. Uh, but I'm tempted to jump back on for for Detective Comics a thousand and see uh, and see where it's going to go after that. Yeah, I mean it's gonna uh, it's gonna introduce a character familiar to um, gamers. So the Arkham games for uh, the Xbox, PS3, and then future generation of consoles, they were Batman games were pretty much defined by the Arkham games. They went through many iterations of terrible substandard games. Arkham Asylum came out fantastic. Arkham City improved upon it. Then they brought out Arkham Knight, which to me was the weakest of the three, but they introduced this character to the lore of Arkham Knight. And Detective 1000 is going to be his first appearance in, comics. in a comic. Wow. Um, I can't, I'm going to throw out spoilers because we've already done it with Keith, uh, but I'm going to throw out spoilers for who the Arkham Knight <laughs> is. But I don't think they can do it with that character in this current continuity, but we'll wait and see. Uh, it's probably worth just throwing out, we, we obviously gave the, the great rundown of writers on this, Artists, I mean, you've got Neil Adams, Greg Capullo, Tony Daniels, Steve Epting, Kelly Jones, Jim Lee, Alex Malev, Joel Jones. It's, um, th- this will feel like a big celebration. That's a who's who. That's, you know, but then, I mean, I was, I've been hurt before. You know, Action <laughs> Comics 1000 was not what I hoped it would be. I don't think uh, there was more good in Action 1000 than bad, though. You know, maybe I should go back and read it again, but, uh, I think there yeah. were a couple of dud stories. But just for the Richard Donner story alone, mm. I thought it was it was pretty um, great. But what I will say as well about Detective One Thousand is, so you're gonna have your main cover A, which is Jim Lee. It's a big wraparound one. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's a gorgeous back cover. Cave, yeah. Has pretty much every one from the Rogues Gallery, from Bane to Joker. Um, <clears throat> you've got Harley in the background. You've got Damian Wayne, you've got Batman, you've got Riddler there, you've got Scarecrow, you've got Alfred, you've got Nightwing. Nightwing. It's a beautiful, beautiful cover, but they're also going to be doing variants for each decade. 
Now, obviously, with this being a uh, audio medium rather than visual, there's no point in going through them. But there's artists who are doing variants from um, Bruce Tim to Frank Miller to Greg Capullo to Jock. We will have this previews book in store at all times. So pop in, have a wee look at the covers. If you want a story on a specific issue cover, it's not a problem at all. So you know, definitely come in, have a wee look through those. For and me, the early, or sorry to say, um, each each alternative cover is a different um, era. Yep, different, different decade. Different decade. That's yep. word. Sorry, I'm very sick. <laughs> Try. It's all right. You're a writer, not a speaker. Well, yeah, that's, that's it. I mean, it very much is. I mean, what's kind of fun about this is that um, we've had conversations in the store about we were guessing who the different eras were going to be, mm. and we got a few of them right. Oh, really? I did say Capullo for 2010s. Well, I it did ha- it say had to be. Tim Seal for the 90s. Yeah, as a long Halloween. I did say Frank Miller for the 80s. I must admit, the only person who I'm surprised is not here is Neil Adams. I thought he would have yeah. done 70s. But, uh, yeah, again, just call in the store. You can have a look through the book and, you know, see what you think. Um, you know, flicking through the DC catalogue here. I mean, DC, for me, at the moment, there's a lot of great ongoing titles. They're not really focusing on launching new titles. Um, I do say that there is Dalich for Hero number 1, part of Brian Michael Bendis' Wonder Comics line. It's not really a, a series I'm familiar with. You guys, anything? Do you think Wonder Comics is primarily for younger readers? I'm Would that be right? I'm percent sure. I mean, Young Justice is the first one that's going to launch. It's going to launch the 9th of January, next Wednesday, as we're recording. It's certainly more youthful characters. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, Dalich for Hero, I remember them doing something in New 52, but I never read it. So I don't want to be. I'm not an authority on it at all. Did that recently? The 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 dial recently appear in Superman. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, which is obviously also written by Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah. Uh, who is the overseer of Wonder overseer Comics? Overseer of Wonder Comics. Uh, yeah, we flick through it here. Heroes in Crisis is as far as number seven. Uh, number four, which just came out this week, just to throw a quick aside, bloody brilliant. Um, I'm the only person at the table that has read it, <laughs> which is annoying. I even got tried to get Vicky to read it. She got halfway through issue one and went, nope, not for me. That's fair enough. Um, I see there's going to be a little bit of a crossover here with Deathstroke and Teen Titans. Deathstroke 41, Teen Titans 28. It's going to be called something called The Terminus Agenda. Um, I do like Teen Titans. Deathstroke's been pretty good recently. Uh, Deathstroke Arkham's been a good series. Um following up the Deathstroke versus Batman arc. Uh, the next one that comes up as a flick through uh, DC previews book is one that I'm going to pass over to my better half uh, called Second Coming. So obviously just we're not really reading much DC. I was flicking through and I saw Second Coming and I read the little blurb for it and it's I'll read it out it's, it's wit- witness to the return of Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a great opening line yeah. in general. So obviously it's DC Vertigo as well, so obviously it might be a little bit different. So hopefully might a little bit darker, a little bit more creative freedom I find with Vertigo. Is that not what's just, what, what Black Label was supposed to be? Let's not get into Black Label. Oh, okay, so don't, don't, don't start that, him. Yeah, yeah. Just use it we reach Marvel. So it's just... So they send Jesus back onto Earth and he's been sent on this holy mission by God to learn 
what it takes to be the true messiah of the mankind by becoming a roommate with the world's favourite saviour, the all-powerful superhero Sun Man. Eh. This last the last son of Crisper. Crispix, sorry. <laughs> so, um... This has Garth Ennis written all It does, yeah. I don't know it why. I, I think uh, that's a misprint. Yeah, I don't think it's more Creature-type title. I think that's Garth Ennis yeah. all day long. There was a... You know what it's... You know what it's... It's remind me of is uh, a Garth Ennis book called... Uh, Chronicles of Wormwood mm-hmm. uh, from a bunch of years back, and there was a, there was a couple of limited series and a, a one shot, but effectively, uh, the the son of of Satan mm-hmm. had been sent to Earth, and he had become uh, like the CEO of a company. Uh, he had a, had a mate who was Jesus Christ, but uh, in his this is typical Garth Ennis, and and coming back. He had ended up getting the shit kicked out of him, uh, and was brain damaged, uh, and so was fairly kind of lackadaisical about about everything. Um, mm-hmm. And they lived <clears> together. <throat> so the, the the son of Satan, Wormwood, he lived with with uh, a, a, like it was a, a black hippie Jesus with brain damage, um, <laughs> and, and also a white rabbit who uh, was his familiar. Who he was? He was a horrible individual, that rabbit. <laughs> but yeah, that that's sort of this is what this is reminding me of a wee bit. Uh, Chronicles yeah. of Wormwood. It's like you know, DC are trying to relaunch Vertigo at the moment. They've obviously launched a lot of the Sandman series, yeah. American um, Carnage. Too. American Carnage. Have you been reading that? I've I read the second one. Um, it was pretty excellent. I've got to say, I didn't like the art. No, I thought it looked very it's unfinished. Like the the first looks one. Like Eduardo Risso to me. Ooh, I don't know. It looks slip. a bit. Some of it looks very, very unfinished. I like the look of the silhouetted look of some of it in the first mm-hmm. one, but the second one, I was just not feeling it. Cause I, some of it was amazing, but yeah. other parts were just a bit like, like that's just quite simple, you know. But yeah. um, I really like what Brian Edward Hill's doing with the series. But yeah, I'm looking, and uh, number five is in that book, I believe yeah. too. So, which is the end of the series. So this. This is written by Mark Russell. Um, I don't know too much about him. I don't know if any of you guys know much more. Not really. I mean, it's uh, written by Mark Russell, art by Richard Pace. And one of the main things that caught our eye was that the covers by Amanda Connor, who was Harley Quinn artist for a long time, and just a thoroughly, thoroughly lovely person, having met her at the uh, London Comic Con. Uh, so this is actually out on the 6th of March, mm-hmm. and it's... It actually, state said it's for the mature readers. I would imagine so. Yeah, I mean, so. vertical stuff in general <laughs> tends to be. You don't really see vertical stuff being all ages, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but DC will come back to their golden vertigo period at some point. I hope. Whenever they realise that Black Label is actually vertigo and just. Whenever they relaunch a yeah. Hellblazer title. Oh, there we go. This yeah, is absolutely. actually. Mark Russell did my best DC series of the year, Snagglepuss. Ah, yeah. Yeah, that's so, so we right. have you on for Sagal yeah. yeah we, we talked a bit about that I mean, I mean it's, it's absolutely you without even reading it you knew exactly what it was right yeah because you, right. you I don't know if you remember but <laughs> <laughs> I listened back there was a lot of beer um, but yeah it's a fantastic series and you you nailed it on the head oh, well. exactly what it was so. okay I was channeling you right it's, yeah channeling it's a really good series anyway so that that kind of makes me a <laughs> little bit more excited talking to you on the phone the same yeah. time I must uh, I must grab that Snagglepuss series when it comes yeah, out I can, trade. I can bring it in for you if you want yeah 
Um, what's catching my eye on the opposite page is the fact that uh, Action Comics 1009 by Brian Michael Bendis is art and cover by Steve Epting. Yeah. That that's brilliant. I've loved Steve Epting since uh, his Captain America run with. Uh, well, that's it. That we were ch- chatting about that in the last month's one um, with Steve Epting. Obviously, the artist for Velvet, artist on Winter Soldier, Steve Epting did, didn't he? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> did he do the Daredevil run with? Brubaker? He did it. He did it. He did yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, action comics. I mean, we'll get onto this a little bit further through the book. But uh, if you listen to the best of twenty eighteen podcast. We can't talk highly enough about action comics. It's uh-huh. been pretty yeah. damn fantastic so far. Um, flicking the pages, we got Adventures of Super Sons number eight, American Carnage, which obviously we just had a quick chat about. Uh, yeah, I've been enjoying American Carnage. I have to say, mm. uh, Aquaman, Aquaman forty six. I'll maybe like Keith take point in this one. So uh, the the first one, which I guess is 40, 43 or forty four, uh, the first by Kelly C. DeConnick. She, the last. Uh, the current Aquaman run ended I guess with Drowned Earth Drowned which Earth. was the JLA mm-hmm. Aquaman crossover um, oh so she's come on and after? she's now she's now come on after I believe it was Dan Abnett um, mm. yep and right. uh, there seems to be an effort to move it as far away from what it was you know to really differentiate it um, which is a good thing and a bad thing but the, the first issue was kind of interesting uh, their Aquaman doesn't remember who he is. Um, Arthur doesn't remember who he is. He's on this island uh, with these old people. He's kind of the youngest person on the island. He's helping them out, making sure that their house doesn't fall down in the storms. And you know, when there's a, there seems to be like there's a like a Celtic um, goddess of of the or a priestess of the the sea and all sorts of things going on. I'm I'm not. It, it's sort of very disorienting. Mm-hmm. Haven't come out of the the, the Abnett run, which was definitely like a superhero story. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, I don't know what this is. It's interesting that it comes. Uh, I mean, I guess at this stage over Christmas, we've all seen Aquaman. We have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Best movie of twenty eighteen. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, but it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> the most fun movie of twenty eighteen. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, it was. DC's best movie so far, for sure. Well, they released one last uh, year. That's such a blanket. Statement. <laughs> it's the best DC movie last. Yeah, know, so far, classic. so far. Uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Uh, we talked about it during the podcast. I really enjoyed it. Fantastic, fantastic flick. Jason Momoa was brilliant. Um, the it was just a great. It was a great movie. Great visual movie, as you said, Vicky. Yeah. Um, Does the this comic have any? Resemblance to that Aquaman, or are they trying to tie They're, it in? Not tie it in, but make it more. I don't think so. Familiar. I, I don't think so. Uh, Aquaman generally is looking a wee bit more uh, Momoa-like. Yeah, uh, the big bushy beard, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He spends a lot of time now. It's it funny actually. I was listening to or reading an interview with just Momoa, they were talking about the scene where at the very start of Aquaman where where Aquaman drops into the submarine mm-hmm. through the through the, the um, porthole the hatch, yeah. the hatch yeah. uh, and drops in a superhero pose and James Wan goes to Jason Momoa get lower get lower <laughs> and uh, Jason Momoa goes man I'm wearing wet denim this is as low as it gets <laughs> so there's an awful lot of uh, Aquaman now topless just wearing the belt and what could be wet denim ah, uh, you know this and that and the other but I, I don't th- I don't think uh, 
DeConnick is moving in the direction on that direction either I think she's trying to uh, you know, yeah, find the middle like ground. Yeah, kind of I, yeah, yeah, I think so. I guess you have to. There's a there's point. a mysticism about it, which uh, you know, I guess there was a mysticism about uh, drowned earth yeah. with the sea gods uh, and such. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested to see where it's going. The art's nice. Um, the concept's interesting. It's a wee bit, it's a wee bit out there and dreamy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. very solid first issue for uh, Kelly Sue who's been more of an established Marvel writer recently. So. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, next up, we have Backguard 33. Backguard's not really a title I read, but just reading this blurb, I'm actually going to pick up this issue because it's bringing back James Jr. Now, anyone who's read The Black Mirror, which is was Scott Schneider's first Batman story, was all about um, <clears throat> Commissioner Gordon's son. Now, no one had ever really written that Commissioner Gordon had a son. Everyone had always written... <clears throat> he has Barbara, she became Batgirl, etc, etc. But if you go back to Batman Year One, where Batman jumps over the bridge to save a baby, it's Commissioner Gordon's son. And Schneider always thought that it was terrible that no one had ever written a more detailed story about him. So Black Mirror was all about he had been sent away for mental counselling, but he's back in Gotham. There's a spate of murders happening at the same time. He's the obvious suspect. But at this time in Batman lore, Dick Grayson was Batman. And he was a college, or he was like a school friend of uh, James Jr. So he's a, he's a character that hasn't been used as much as I would like. But I see here that um, in Backyard 33, it says, Could the sudden appearance of her murderous brother James Jr. push her over the edge? So the fact that he's back in it, that intrigues me. Um, we turn the page to have Batman. We don't need to read about that because... It's going to be great. It's Tom King's game. run is fantastic, and we don't need the spoiler. We don't need to have spoilers for that. Uh, interesting, what's been happening with Tom King on Twitter this week? Uh, with the uh, the whole CIA yeah, questioning some, yeah. whether he was actually part of it or not. Yeah, yeah. ridiculous. I think. I mean, we, yeah, we, I think it's. I think it's reasonable to question these things. Uh, I think um, any decent. Uh, it was a, a journalist, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I think any de- decent journalist would have done their their background research. So I think it's probably just someone trying to be. Uh, I mean, I do think it's it's right to question these things um, because there's been uh, lies and made up backgrounds and mm-hmm. such before. Uh, amongst it's harder and harder these days to get away with having a fake. Which background. is why yeah. I I believe that a proper journalist would have done their research. Would have done their research. Uh, but, so uh, oh, it wasn't just some random. No, no, it was a story. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Yeah, he responded to it saying there was a story going around that he wasn't part of the CIA uh, and all this kind of stuff. I thought it was just so like he posted a picture of himself in yeah. the CIA yeah. plus his what is it? His letter of introduction mm. to the yeah, CIA or something like that. Yeah, uh-huh, so. so, but bottom line is, Tom King, we love you. Keep doing a great job on uh, on Batman. And yeah, some crisis. Uh, Batman Beyond. I've been reading. I love anything Batman Beyond. I've that. loved Batman Beyond since. Uh, oh, what a fantastic the comic, show! The comic that, series, that which, awesome which is, a, well. which is a, a, it's just a sequel to Batman the Animated yeah. Series. That that is Batman the Animated Series. Bruce as Batman. Uh, so I, I, anything Batman Beyond, I love it. I'm quite enjoying that that series since Rebirth. I've been really, been really digging it. Plus, lovely cover by Chris yeah. Samney, one of my favorite uh, Daredevil yeah. artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, Books of Magic number six. I personally haven't really been reading much of the Sandman Universe stuff. Um, if I'm completely honest. I'll maybe do it in trade form. I think Sandman's such a rich, diverse sort of title that I almost think you need to trade for it. I'm reading The Dreaming, uh, and I've never read Sandman before. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is one of the books that I need to go back, uh, one of those classic stories that I need to go back and read. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm enjoying The Dreaming. 
Um, and on the other side of the page, oh, oh sorry, I'm being <laughs> signaled to say more about the dreaming. <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> I mean, the other side of the page, Catwoman number nine. Catwoman's been a great surprise for me in the DC line. I think Catwoman's been awesome. And I didn't expect to like it. Um, obviously, it came out of that bitch, you know, destroying Bruce Wayne's heart in Batman 50. So uh, I didn't expect to like it so much. But I actually have really enjoyed Catwoman. And it's actually dealt with the consequences of how she's felt from leaving Bruce at the altar. Curse of Brimstone. That's the last issue, I think. Curse of Brimstone. Yep. Epic finale. I mean, the New Age of Heroes... It probably warrants a quick discussion. It's been very up and down. These were titles that came out of metal. And I have to admit, I love Silencer. I really enjoyed Damage. The rest of them take or leave. Uh, Silencer, fantastic. And uh, I was lucky enough to, uh, just before Christmas, when they <coughs> signed uh, John Romita Jr. Uh, copy of yeah, uh, Silencer from right. Coffee and Heroes mm-hmm. uh, as their uh, part of their charity, charity yeah. raffle. Um, Alongside a sign, Nightwing. John yeah, Romita Jr. Nice. cover. Yeah. I witnessed uh, it. Yeah, that was about that's, it. that's right. <laughs> you witnessed Alan's yeah. disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Silent Star, I think, has been great. It's been great. Uh, I picked up the Terrifics as well. Um, it was okay. But tell the truth. You picked up the Terrifics because there was a gaping hole in your you know, family-orientated, shall we say. Yeah, I was missing the Fantastic Four, stuff. yeah. yeah. Fantastic Four you know, came back and went, oh, but, oh, can I take off my bullets? <laughs> But, but I'm fantastic for him. Mr. Terrific cannot replace Mr. Fantastic, regardless, so. regardless of how similar those words may be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I definitely agree with that. But yeah, their other titles have been very up and down. Brimstone didn't really grab me. Um, the Unexpected just came and went. Um, what else was there? Yeah, was... Children of the, the Immortals. Children of the Immortals. Oh, The Immortal Man. Uh, the Immortal Man was another one. Which started off with Jim Lee covers. Yeah, they all started off. You know, that start. Silencer started off with John Romita Junior Art. Uh, you know, as you say, it was Jim Lee. There was dead, 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 and it was. I, I, I don't see there being too much left of this. Sideways was another. That's again, right. They're, they're just forgettable. You know, they are. I don't. I don't. I don't <laughs> see there being too much left of this. I mean, Silencer is probably. Uh, that seems to be the only one that really has legs. Silencer and damage, yeah. I would yeah. say. Damage is up to 15 at this point. It seems to do well. Right. <clears throat> Here's um, a question before we get into the next one. Looking through this DC previous book, mm-hmm. there's quite a lot of different like imprints they have. Yeah. And it's a bit, I don't want, it's not confusing, but it's a bit sort of overwhelming just to look at because you had New Age of Heroes there yeah. Vertigo Wonder Comics got, yeah and like the main title yeah. and you've also I don't want it to be like a black label model bitching mm. session but um, yeah there's also black label so what why what's Almost? that crap because like, I assume Marvel's just like we have Marvel they may have had Marvel Knights at one stage Marvel Knights is but, making a bit of a comeback. Uh, that's Marvel, it. it's all under the same umbrella. Marvel, Marvel tends to divide stuff by X Men, Spider Man, mm-hmm. uh, you know, by those families. Uh, so, you know, uh, Captain America, Iron Man, Thor would be in the Avengers family. Yeah. Uh, the X Men books, anything with a mutant in it would be in the the X Man mm-hmm. family. Spider Man, uh, your various Spider people, Spider Gwen, yeah. it would all be yeah. Spider Man family, um, and then. Anybody outside that would be Marvel heroes, um, oh, okay. for the most part. Um, so yeah, that... no, it's just something that kind of struck me there as Alan was going through it. It just seemed a bit 
I've always found it weird that they call it DC Vertigo. I think yeah, just call it Vertigo. vertigo. Yeah. You know, I don't think you really need that uh, association in the same way. But uh, it's interesting as well, just when Roddy's talking about it, is how much stuff is now labelled Vertigo. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, again, without bitching about Black Label, <laughs> why? <laughs> because well, Vertigo well, happens. Yeah, because, because you know what I mean? It, Black that's what vertigo. Seem, that's what vertigo is. It's the problem with black label is they seem to be more interested in overriding classic stories by now calling them black label. Mm. All Star Superman has been rebranded. Um, Kingdom Come's been rebranded. White Knight was rebranded. <clears throat> just yeah. Said it before, so maybe maybe black label is just else words. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it's nothing words at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. it's literally Batman damned, and that's it. But uh, no, I mean, as we continue on through the DC book, anyway, I mean, back to you know. <clears throat> the positive the stuff one. Doomsday Clock number 10 uh, you know I don't tend to read blurbs but this one's so short I happened to catch it earlier uh, it's not really a spoiler of any kind but it just says this stunning issue of the critically acclaimed hit maxi series reveals the secret behind Dr. Manhattan and his connection to the DC universe <laughs> no, no, to me <laughs> that was the description of oh, Doomsday Clock yeah, the you know book. that the entire series was supposed to reveal Dr. Manhattan's connection <laughs> Well, we're not going to win the Doomsday Clock any further. That's fantastic. That's great. But we, I can't wait to look You know our feelings yeah. on this, given the. If uh, you've read our, if you've listened to our, our omnibus so edition, the, the number twelve is out in. So if you've got Doomsday July. Clock ten in March, you're talking March, April, May, May, June, July. Uh, trade probably, if I had to guess, Septemberish. Yeah. There, thereabouts. It'll not be finished by next December. You have that on. Uh, <laughs> you have that on tape, people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so a few more series that are continuing. Electric Warriors, uh, Female Furies. Actually Shout out to Stephen. Does make me. Uh, I must admit, I am interested in Female Furies, but it was a spin off from Mr. Miracle. Uh, the Flash jumps back onto its normal uh, continuity after the Heroes in Crisis tie in. Joshua Williams is still on that? Yeah, he's, uh, he's continuing with Flash. He's been uh, there since issue one. Flash is, Flash is kind of upped its game again. Um, it was. I wasn't enjoying it quite as much there a few months back, and then they went into this whole uh, this after the or as part of the uh, God, what was the 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 No Justice thing? The whole source wall mm-hmm. breaking down, and uh, they they discovered these other uh, forces mm-hmm. uh, alongside the Speed Force, the Still Force, the Sage Force, the Strength Force, yeah, um, and they're linked to the Speed Force and. It started to get a wee bit convoluted and a wee bit meh, and they've now made it in a kind of a road movie where mm-hmm. where Barry uh, and Iris, uh, Iris whose memory is convoluted, she's now now getting back her memory post rebirth. You know, she mm-hmm. doesn't remember that she's in love with Barry. She doesn't remember, yeah. you know. Um, so they're they've made it into this like road movie nearly where Flash and, and Iris are heading off around the world trying to figure out what the what these other forces are and how they link to the speed force and it's taking them to Gorilla City and it's taking them to like India and there's there seems to be other individuals there's a, a pair of twins who are who seem to be trying to feed off the forces and it's really it's kind of interesting now they've stripped it back down again mm-hmm. and it's just you know Barry who is the former fastest man in the world and uh, and Iris who as a journalist she's done a bit of investigation into these forces they've left they've left uh, Star City is mm-hmm. that is it Star City? No, it's not. It's Coast City. Um, you know, they've left it behind, and that's always been a, a part of of the Flash. Um, 
and they've left Commander Cole, who's a future version of Captain Cold, in charge mm-hmm. <laughs> while you know flashes away, you know, in charge of superheroing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 picked up again really nicely. It's picked up again really nicely when John Flash again. Yeah, I think any series like that benefits from having the same writer for a long period of time. I mean, we obviously wax lyrical about Tom Keenan, his long run on Batman all the way, but George Josh Williams has been on the Flash since issue one of Rebirth. Yeah. So, um, but we do jump from Co City to uh, to Star City uh, with Green Arrow number fifty. Um, I do find it a bit weird that they say tying in the Justice League, No Justice, and Heroes in Crisis. That's a lot of tying in. I mean, those those two events seem polar opposites. One's cosmic and one's... So it one, leads... One's like a small internal conflict well, that becomes a bigger story, and the other one is to do with the source wall at the end so of the So this means we think Heroes in Crisis is going to tie into a lot more of the DC universe than we actually think. Yeah, possibly. I mean, having read issue four, it's... It's not like it's getting any bigger. Yeah, it's still an internal still thing. It's, well, and it depends. It's still a very personal esque story. I think it depends yeah. how you read that. Tying into Justice League, No Justice, uh, Green Arrow's going. Jesus, that was some crack, and then ends up in the sanctuary. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope I read this issue in the wine. Jeez, that was some crack. This uh, comes in there, but uh, that would be actually quite entertaining. You know what? But you, you know what I mean. It can tie into you know. Maybe his his uh, outlook on life is affected by this whole thing with the source wall, and you know he ends up needing to go into counselling. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. So that's how it can tie into both. Yeah. The only thing that worries me about this issue is issue fifty is the final issue of Green Arrow, and it makes me worry that DC are getting ready to reboot at some point in the very near future. They don't need to do that. Going to do a Marvel? Please don't. Well, DC are well known for their yeah. for their yeah. reboot. Marvel, the last Jesus, the only big big reboot the big universe changing reboot that Marvel have had was Secret Wars the last Secret Wars the oh, new, okay. the new, you know uh, sorry I apologise Marvel fans uh, Marvel, <laughs> Marvel, <laughs> Marvel Marvel love a number one uh, yeah they love a number one but the, the universal continuity ah, right, right. is consistent yeah, for the yeah. most part uh, whereas DC like to they change to their number, yeah, for yeah, yeah. yeah. Shake up the whole universe. Yeah, the, so the entire universe changes. Yeah, you know I what suppose I mean? in a way I shouldn't be too surprised to see this as a possibility because DC always throw the word crisis into a event if mm. things are going to shake up. By this point in the previous book, anyway, you were at Heroes in Crisis seven of nine. Mm. And I also don't know if this is that crisis. If this is that, I think, uh, I think they're using that turn of phrase to shake up the, the idea that a crisis is always a massive external yeah. thing. Uh, possibly and all, I mean are there any other books coming to an end or no there doesn't seem to be Suicide Squad came to an end uh, it comes to an end this month I think um, so that's Suicide Squad out if you think about it Superman and Action Comics rebranded but they sort of went back to the mm-hmm, start mm-hmm. Uh, Green Lantern obviously went back to the start with when Hal Jordan ended it for Rebirth um, so there's there's a few bits and pieces going on um, yeah continue to look through the book Green Lantern number 5 we know our excitement about Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. We've talked many, many times about it. We've got new Harley Quinn, new Hawkman. Still doesn't know what it is, I don't think. No, I mean, it's uh, it's up to issue 10 with uh, Hawkman, but I mean, I have a couple of guys in the store on having their pull. They seem to be enjoying it. Brian Hitch and Art. Yeah, can't go wrong with that. Uh, Venditti's been writing from the start as well. Good flash writer from my uh, recollection. Hexwives, I know nothing about. High level, I know nothing. See, this is my problem. We're, we're about to enter three vertical titles in a row. 
And if I think of the golden age of Vertigo, I can rattle off the titles. Mm-hmm. You know, see these Vertigo titles are not grabbing me. I don't know what it is. Yeah, okay. yep. That, yep. that cover looks pretty cool, but yeah, high level doesn't really... Like, do you even remember name. going through the previews and seeing number one of it? I probably wasn't there for number one previous, was well, I? Well, then you definitely don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that explains that. Yeah, I know, Vertigo, I definitely think there's so much more that can be doing What's with this? That. Uh, so moving on, we then go on to uh, Justice League, uh, which they're previewing a triple um, connecting cover for Justice League 19, 20, and 21, though it does say for 21 shipping in April. Uh, so this is saying the sixth dimension begins in March with the first two parts. Of a cover triptych, is that? Triptych. Hmm. Intriguing. It's a uh, word. Like it's Leviathan. interesting for this, I have to say, Leviathan. Uh, it's interesting for this. It's written by Schneider and George Jimenez. I don't recall reading a lot of George Jimenez scripted stuff. Jimenez, is, or Jimenez, I should say, I beg your pardon. Jorge Jimenez. Is mm. on art and covers, but I don't recall reading a lot of his stuff that he's written. Mm. But he seems to be co-writing this anyway. Um, what's the gist of the sixth dimension well I mean as if we already don't have the source wall and the multiverse and everything else it, uh, the blur breeds at last the Justice League has the map to the sixth dimension in hand and with it they have the key to saving the multiverse from utter destruction but things aren't as simple as they seem because they still need to go get through the, to the doorway and to do that they'll have to go through the only being in all existence who can get them there someone else can pronounce his name <laughs> I always struggle with it Mitzpick Oh God, no! Yeah. Mixed pedalic. Uh, yeah, that's it. So, <laughs> I think uh, I think Thank you've God got it. Had no but what's beers. interesting for this, um, I mean that that seems very generic to me. But when it talks about part two here, it says the leaguers come face to face with their future selves, and explore the path that lies before them. Now that looks interesting to me. Um, you can see from the connecting cover, Superman's facing up to an older version of his self. You can see the older versions of Martian Manhunter in the background, older versions of Batman. Are they are they older versions, like alternative dimension doesn't versions? doesn't seem to be, or? because it says explores the path that lies before them. It doesn't oh, okay. say explores a possible path or an alternative path. So that, I actually think that sounds interesting once you get the part yeah. two of it anyway. Justice League's another one that kind of has... Up and down. Aye, and it, it felt like, it sh- again, it should be the core book yeah. uh, of DC, and it, it's kind of... I have to say it. Uh, Drowned Earth, Drowned Earth has has yeah. has pulled it up for me. If it wasn't for Drowned Earth, I would be off it by now. And yeah. looking at that, it looks like I'll be interested to see what they do over the next two issues before March to see what we. Well, the most recent issue we were chatting about, I thought was very good on um, Hawkman's home planet. I thought. Oh was, yeah, was yeah. good. The first issue, um. So we'll we'll wait and see where it goes from there. It's it's always difficult to sort of uh, doubt Schneider. But Justice League, yeah, I think, I mean, I've talked about it before. It's very up and down title. Um, customary shout out for Justice League Dark number nine. Justice League Odyssey seems to be a title that no one but me is reading, which I actually think is great. Um, but it doesn't seem to get a lot of love so far. It's four issues in. Um, then we've got a few bits. Oh, Martian Manhunter number four. Now, who has read Martian Manhunter number one? Yeah, uh, me. It's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. You need to read Action Comics 1006 and come back to me. It's the latest oh, really? Action Comics. So you know the way Action Comics starts off with a different close-up of someone's computer? Yes. So you've got like Clark's computer, you've got Lois's, you've yeah. got Perry's. The latest one is a gossip columnist at um, in Metropolis at the Daily Planet. 
and I'm, of course I would never spoil anything but there's there's a wee part of it linked to Martian Manhunter number one you need to read it okay alright bloody okay. brilliant um, I see Lightning yeah. 58 I see your favourite Rick Grayson is still see, back yeah I see Dick Grayson still thinks he's Rick Grayson <laughs> oh it's Rick without a K as well yeah, I see. don't like that I say I'm, in, I'm sort of enjoying the story in spite of myself <laughs> Um, so just to throw another imprint yeah. out there for DC <laughs> I mean when, when Brian Michael what Bendis came across he brought his Jinx World label with him so oh, he had some new titles right. he had Scarlet, he had Pearl United States of Murder Inc um, what Roddy's just looked at there is Pearl number 7 again an intriguing little title uh, so far you got Red Hood Outlaw 32 is that oh, yeah okay Scott Lobdell is writing is that who's writing um is that who's coming to do Nightwing as well? Uh, he has that. That was an interesting one because uh, Lobdell was pulled in uh, at the last one. minute, which yeah. So uh, again, well, we've talked about Nightwing and and, and DC and yeah, uh, yeah. Shazam number four. Loved the first issue. Um, very much looking forward to that. I have to say, especially when Shazam on the cover uh, is in a cage looking out at a planet that seems to be full of animal people. They'll probably be ramping that up for the movie release. Yeah. I think I read it was 99 days to Shazam. The it might have been today, yeah. Mm. Looking forward to that, actually, I have to say. Shazam, especially after... Although, I we spoke about this before. I think when they were making Shazam, they didn't think they'd have to follow up the critical yeah. acclaim <laughs> of Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. They probably thought, oh, that'll bomb and we'll look great. A uh, couple more titles, Silencer 15, which we've talked about. Probably the best of the New Age of Heroes stuff. Dan Abnett's still on that. As long yeah. as Dan's on that, I think we're going to be all right. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, new Supergirl. There's really been a character I've been into personally. Uh, Superman 9. Keith came up with an interesting theory based on the cover for this one. It is interesting that Superman's doing like the thumbs down. That makes it look like he's been told, should these people live or die? He's judging. He's yeah, down. yeah. Um, but... Your interesting point for this is uh, Jonathan Kent is looking more and more like uh, Superboy Prime. Mm-hmm. Young Jonathan Kent, who recently recently returned, uh, much aged, uh, and and looking uh, an awful lot like uh, Superboy Prime, and ready to punch a hole in reality. <laughs> um, continuing through, you've got new Terrifics, new Titans. Titans is a great book. Um, enjoying it and really enjoying it. It's a it's an interesting. It's, it, I think Heroes in Crisis and and uh, everything that Tom King's doing is throwing Titans in a wee bit of a mm-hmm. an interesting place because they've lost uh, Dick Grayson, they've lost Nightwing, they've lost Arsenal, they've lost uh, Wally West. Oh, so the team has been decimated. It's now uh, Troy and uh, Beast Boy and Raven and uh, the new Steel and uh, Miss Martian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing somebody, uh, and there it's it's the thing it's, it seems more focused on the whole thing the idea of the source wall and the source wall energy than anything yeah. else you know po- sort of post post metal and, and that. Yeah, and then we're coming towards the end of the the single issue solicitations. You Wonder Woman, G. Will Wilson's got off to a good start with that. I think obviously did very well with Marvel as uh, Miss Marvel writer, mm-hmm. and then creator. We yeah, and we'll yeah. talk about her later because she's got a. Uh, indie, a new indie be. series coming up. Oh, okay. They're talking about Miss Marvel because she's coming back in the Marvel oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big, big month. And then we finish off with uh, Young Justice number three. Now, Young Justice number one, we're recording this on the 3rd of January. Uh, Young Justice number one is out on the 9th of January, so we'll be getting plenty of extra copies of it in 
looks like it's going to be great. Bendis on writing duties, Patrick Gleason on art, uh, bringing back the likes of Connor Kent, uh, Tim Drake, Amethyst, Wonder Girl. I think that'll be a lot of fun. That Ooh, and a that, good um, all ages title as is well. Is that cover Patrick Gleason too? It is. Yeah, it's gorgeous. His his artwork's fantastic. Mm, it's nice, nice. Um, and then yeah, we just we finish off just flicking through the trades. I mean, the main one that stuck out to me, uh, well. Keith mentioned one earlier, which was the Batman Eternal omnibus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman Eternal was uh, a weekly event that Scott Schneider co-wrote with James Tanney in the fourth, celebrate uh, Batman's 75th anniversary. Weekly title, 52 issues. It was a big commitment. Mm. Um, the one that stood out for me is that the Action Comics um, hardcover is due in uh, March, which is the first, um, the first arc that Bendis has done in Action Comics. And also, just as Keith mentioned quickly there, Justice League Aquaman, Drowned Earth, the trade of that'll be out, looks good as well. Um, uh, we don't need to talk uh, about Black Label stealing Come. classics. Right. Uh, Black Label, well, I mean, Black Label alone in this book, we're oh, assimilating yeah. Kingdom Come. Not sure. Was not also sure another like one. That. I think it was uh, All Star Superman, was the other one that they're mm-hmm. doing Black Label of. So. Yeah, just focus I, on your own stuff. I don't Black get it. I instead don't of seeing others. And um, one final shout out: the Batman animated series Bat Cycle action figure set. Yeah, <laughs> coming home to Alan. I can tell you. I'm a big fan of. Uh, there's a, a Nightwing statue in there, uh, and I'm not a big statue person. Uh, I did not think we'd get to the statues, but, but there uh, we are. That uh, Jim Lee Nightwing statue is lovely. So that's coming home to Keith. It is uh, coming home to Keith. Might. Although August. Yeah, but yeah. The, the, August will allow me to save up uh, the pennies. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah and then bring in all of the pennies <laughs> to the store and go, there's your pennies. Uh, but yeah, Nightwing statue is pretty beautiful as well. Even the Harley Quinn one I quite like with, you know, we're trying on the car and Batman's utility belt land on the ground and stuff. So, so what yeah. Do, anyway. What do we think for the, the month for DC? I Does think it look it's good? quite a weak one, personally. Is it a lot of... It's a lot of continuing titles. Yeah, that, I mean... Maybe not a lot for it's new almost, readers to set their teeth into, but it's almost I think that they've cleared the decks for Detective One Thousand. Yeah, I think so that's want, good. Well, they've got yeah. Doomsday Clock, but maybe Detective is going to be the biggest. They could the move biggest Doomsday one. Clock again. Yeah, <laughs> um, I would say, but no, I mean, I. Yeah, there's not a lot of jumping on points there. I think yeah. personally, there's a lot of quality. There's New Heroes in Crisis. There's Tolkien Batman. There's Detective Comics, but I think. Once we get into the Marvel catalog, I think you're going to find again, as much as it pains me to admit it, it's going to be stronger for January. So that big words, DC. big words. <laughs> and then we'll move on to the uh, indie portion. So the indie previews book is a big bad boy. Um, DC and Marvel have their own individual previews books. But the indie one has to cover everything from Image to Dark Horse to Lionforge to Aftershock to Albatross to Dynamite. It, it does cover a lot of stuff, plus all the merchandise as well. Um, so obviously with myself, I, I led point on the DC uh, side of things. We're going to let Mr. Indie... Oh yes, so I am in charge one. now. <laughs> you are in charge, I can just disappear for a so, um, want to kick off previews with so we're going to talk all about indie and I think we're gonna we're gonna mix it around because I know there's a lot of stuff we all want to talk about but um first I just want to give a wee shout out because May is free comic book day that but is, they've yeah. obviously put in 
it's in the previews but there's a scout comics free comic book day which i wanted to give a shout out to because my friend michael gordon who's a great writer and he's been my friend for about almost 20 years now uh, went to school together and he is writing a comic called red winter which was funded on kickstarter but it's yeah. now being released by scout comics which is very exciting for him and the scout comics presents has a two-page preview of it so you should check it out and i think i'm not too sure i'm sure he will tell you himself but um red winter is probably going to be in the previous previous book i think july mm -hmm. but um i'll definitely give you a heads up because he's a local guy so definitely definitely check it out and, and support the, uh, red winter's own scout comics then yep okay so definitely one to look out for and really nice guy so but anyway, that shameless cheap plug out of the way. Well, I mean, uh, that, that in itself is for Free Comic Book Day, which is always the first Saturday in May. It's always an opportunity for people to, you know, get some free comics, maybe try some titles that they wouldn't normally try. I mean, we always throw it out on Free Comic Book Day, you know, come to us, go to Comic Book Guys, go to Forbidden Planet. You know, Free Comic Book Day is all about the reader, and it's all about you being rewarded for you know supporting the comic industry and you know enjoying these great titles so i'm sure they'll be we'll cover that more in a future podcast but yeah just a, a heads up for the diary may yeah. 2019 first saturday free comic book day may 4th as well and it also falls on star wars day oh there you are may the 4th mm. i'd say uh the, the nice folks who publish star wars comics at marvel will make a good use of that <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. so are we ready for the marathon of uh, indie, indie stuff? Dude. Right. So starting off, if we're... you can still call image indie. Well, yeah. Well, we'll not get into <laughs> we that. say it. We'll not get into that. <laughs> we say it every today. podcast, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Um, to be honest, we're going to start off with Little Bird, um, which is a mini series, and it is five issues. Five issues. Yeah. Um, so, like we say, if you like, if you hear us talking about the title the preview book's always in your store isn't yeah, it yeah 100 percent. always up the um, counter flick through it take your time with it cool well this one i actually i have a kind of a weird story about this because i'm not the biggest twitter user but this is colored by matt hollingsworth and i saw him i saw him tweet about something really cool last year it mm -hmm. must have been about six months ago and i was like that book looks amazing and he was like oh this is by such and such it, well, it's written by Darcy Van Polkist and uh, drawn by the class in Bertram. I don't know if anyone's read House of Penance mm -hmm. from Dark Horse. It's absolutely fantastic horror book. Um, but anyway, yeah, Matt Hollingsworth put up some colours of this book. And he was like, oh, this is um, for Glenot, who are mm -hmm. like a French publisher. And I was like, oh, that's really weird. And then when I was looking at this today, when I was looking at stuff to preview, I was like, this looks like a cool european thing and it turns out that he was tweeting about little bird mm -hmm. tweeting about little bird i'm sorry, yep. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh dear these things just write themselves <laughs> but anyway um i think it's one of the first comics that this guy darcy van polgeist has ever written he's a, a filmmaker a short filmmaker and i think it just looks fantastic i will uh, say they've put themselves under unnecessary pressure for this title though oh, in yeah. the previews it says if you like saga and Akira East, and of, East West. of West I mean you're you're aiming yeah. for the stars there to say the least but so the preview art does look pretty great the same limitless scope as the, the new East of West or Saga so yeah. um, the, the, the game we should stress miniseries for this one yeah. five issues the brief says it follows a young resistance fighter who battles against an oppressive American empire and searches for an identity in a world of fire 
sounds like fairly near future. Yeah. <laughs> looks a bit post-apocalyptic. But yeah, they've put a good few preview pages in here for it, and I do think it looks quite interesting. Um, this yeah. looks fun as well, I have to say. Um, so next, yeah, next up, Assassination Nation number one, which is Skybound as well. Skybound image title. It's Skybound Kirkman's imprint. It's yeah, Kirkman's imprint, yeah. yeah uh-huh. So the world's former greatest hitman hires the 20 best assassins in the world to be his bodyguards. These mean as hell hard guns and murderers must work together to keep the new crime boss safe while attempting to solve the mystery of who's trying to often. Um, so if you like, it says if you like Hot Fuzz, Tropic Thunder, and Deadpool, Assassination Nation yeah, is the bombastic. Forget about those second two titles <laughs> there, but uh, Hot Fuzz is a classic. Yeah. Um, so it's written by Kyle Kyle Starks, and art is by Erica Henderson, who's done the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl and Jughead. Um, and then Kyle has done work for Rick and Morty. So yeah, it looks looks very could be tongue in cheek. Could it be Mark Miller-esque? It looks a wee bit like... Mark Miller, I mean, the first thing I thought of for this was actually Die, Die, Die. I thought of Kirkman. Oh, really? That sort of oh. style. Yeah, I mean, obviously being Skybound, maybe that leans into it as well. But just that over-the-top, almost, appreciation for 80s cinema. Yeah, That's the, what the preview art certainly looks like it's got that Like, tone, even the fact it? that the preview art shows all 20 of the it's assassins individually. Um, really, really nice. I think well, that looks interesting, I have to say. And then I'm going to pass you over to Mr. Keith because he has waxed lyrical about Lazarus before. Yeah, and I talked about it during our, uh, our best Omnibus of. Best Of podcast. Um, it's one of my, uh, my favourite series. Um, it has been since the start, uh, since uh, my buddy Stuart loaned me the first uh, few issues. Um, it, uh, it's a story, it's a, uh, I guess a, a sci-fi story set uh, initially 66 years after or 64 years after um, an apocalypse of some kind the, the world is now uh, divided uh, amongst these clans these families uh, each have their own specialization in technology or uh, pharmaceuticals or uh, genetics or whatever um, and there's a lot of politics and a lot of word building goes on uh, it's called Lazarus because each of the families has uh, a warrior who is to some degree immortal um, hence the Lazarus or, or is reborn often um, the protagonist of the series up until now has been forever uh, Carlyle uh, forever is the daughter of the Carlyle family and she's a genetically engineered um, warrior um, but uh, she's never sure of her own um, value within the family whether or not she's just a tool if her father really loves her if she's just a uh, just uh, like a genetic, um, you know, she's just been she's been created for a specific purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, this is it's, it's written by Greg Rucka and Michael Lark. Uh, Michael Lark being the the artist, um, and it looks like in March that Lazarus is is going to a quarterly schedule. Yeah, it's uh, a really really interesting one I was just kind of sorry to interrupt but I was reading the wee um, creator interview here so these ones are going to be it's also a higher price point but it's 64 pages it is it's a so it's going to be prestige a prestige format, format. Yep. yeah so and it's a it's a not a reboot but it's going back to a number one so it's a different story okay I mean, you've got yeah. the subtitle there for reason, yeah. so at least that differentiates it from the uh, I mean it's red it is a it is a New York um, 
and as you say, uh, it's changed into Lazarus, Lazarus Risen number one. Uh, Fracture is the, ne- I think it's the next story arc mm-hmm. uh, from the from the existing series. Oh, okay. um, two years have passed since the Karai family were portrayed in battle and the conclave war, war con- encroaches oh, in every spoilers. side. Spoilers, uh, such and so <laughs> forth and so on. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a big book. Even if it's one issue, it's a big book. There's a lot of back matter. There's a lot of research goes into it. The mm-hmm. the art is fantastic. I can see where they've where they've moved 64 this. Sixty four pages. Do you think it's sixty four pages of sequential art and then back matter as well? I would say so. Because they, they, yeah, Lazarus. One of its strengths, as you say, was is the back, the back matter, matter, the letters pages, the world building, and so forth. So I'll be curious to see if it's sixty four pages sequential art and then the back matter on top of that yeah I love back matter in comics yeah oh, the, well do you love Lazarus then yeah. uh, I've been I've been collecting this in the, the hard covers I've got oh, the first nice. two volumes yeah. and they are beautiful um, so how many issues has it uh, got up to it got up to well, five, five trades five so trades. it's around okay. 30 issues I think it was 28 28 it got up to um, and it was following a different character uh, of the Carlisle family Mm-hmm. Uh, it had been through a number of arcs so this is interesting it's also been picked up as a role playing game by Green Ronin and Amazon has um, set Lazarus for development as a TV show with Rucka and uh, Lark on board as producers and executive producers nice. um, Which, thankfully I, I do find the TV studios and so forth are getting smart now get the comic book creators on in a creative capacity you saw it with Happy with Grant Morrison uh, you saw you know, we were West fortunate Craig, to see Wes Craig and uh, Wes Craig and Rick Remander. Mm-hmm. We were fortunate enough to see the pilot for Deadly Class, which but, we were very impressed with, given how much I, you know, talk about the title. So, you know, these these companies are getting wise now. I mean, especially with something like Lazarus, which is so definitively world building. Like mm. they have created so much back matter there. It's not just a case of oh, this is a fun comic, adapt this. Mm. Like they've really went to town on it. It's, so it's uh, good they've brought them on board. Uh, and it's interesting, I mean, I'm, I have to say I'm a wee bit... I can understand why they've moved to a quarterly schedule with a larger mm-hmm. format. It suits it fine, it suits it great. Uh, uh, I haven't been collecting it weekly, but it's still... it's. Uh, it's definitely it definitely indicates a a it's big a change a yeah, big yeah, change it's a bold, bold move it is a, I, yeah. I can't think of any other title that's done it this yeah. way I mean I could imagine them moving it to a six month format and doing mm. one hundred and twenty eight page graphic yep. yeah um there was a title that uh, Vicky and I've read in the past called Sex which is written by Joe Casey and again he was always very good at interacting with the fans so in the letters page he answered everything and at the end of issue thirty of it he said look this is not sustainable as a single issue format it just doesn't sell well but the trades really do sell well so keep your eyes peeled for future developments mm-hmm. we may just release it as a trade mm. although nothing's happened since then with it have kept my eye out for it but it's interesting that different comic creators are looking at different models for release yeah and i mean that well the uh, image sorry to interrupt the image the image model certainly suits it anyway mm-hmm. i mean that and it's interesting because it moved after lazarus 28 then they released uh uh, Lazarus X plus 66 which was a six issue miniseries yeah. and I was kind of going oh, what's, what's going on here yeah. you know I think uh, it's because maybe Rucka and Lark are very busy elsewhere so they're kind of just could trying to that. fit yeah. Lazarus yeah. in yeah. but well that's it it's yeah. they, they're probably <laughs> busy with Amazon <laughs> developing the TV yeah. series <laughs> but yeah moving on so um, there is a new printing of Infidel 
uh, trade paperback, which is an absolutely fantastic uh, miniseries. But I've one of your talked about it for enough. the year. Yeah. That's right, you mentioned that. Talked yeah. about it enough, but I would just say definitely pre-order it because it's fantastic. Um, going to move Neil on. Neil Bider, the Deluxe Murder Edition, Volume Three. Finally, my collection will be complete. <laughs> uh, Neil Bider is a big favorite of mine. Uh, Neil Bider is available in three different formats. You got single issues, you got trade paperbacks, which are six issue collections or you've got these sort of luxurious uh, hardcover editions called the murder editions which are 10 issues at a time neil biter was a uh, a 30 issue mini series written by joshua williamson was one of his big breaks before he has now went over to dc neil biter i can't say enough good stuff about it's uh it's all about a small town in buckaroo oregon where something like 85 percent of the world's serial killers come from and people go in to investigate it you know is it nature creating these killers is it nurture is it something in the water love nail biter i've got the first two of these editions so i'm looking forward to seeing the third one uh, coming out as well nice well again probably won't spend too much time on this but the fantastic oblivion song volume two trade paperback is out I do. I think you guys read it single issues don't I do, yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. well i think i'm the only one waiting for that okay but I'm um, very excited for that. Good stuff. Walking Dead, Volume 31. Don't flick past that. Oh. There's a Walking Dead trade reader right there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to that. <laughs> Seeing what's happening in the Commonwealth. Yeah. So, a little, just a very quick shout out to Black Science. Um, just we've been talking about finales and um, final issues or something. Black Science is something I've been reading personally for ever since it started. You know, big Rick Remender fan. Obviously, talk about Deadly Class a lot. Um, Black Science is all about alternate realities uh, to do with this um, character called Grant McKay creates this uh, thing called The Pillar which allows him to jump from alternate dimension to alternate dimension wonderful wonderful series doesn't seem to have got the love that maybe I personally thought it deserved but uh, again available in loads of trades worth picking up guys um, and this is going to be the series finale of it issue 42 the, that final cover is worth picking up alone for that yeah, Matteo Scalera yeah. that's fantastic great great thing about creator own series always is that you know the creative team stays the same oh. Oh, speaking of Remander yeah Deadly <laughs> Class 39 um, interesting cover because it shows the main character going back to where it all started I actually tweeted Rick Remander about this saying I hope this doesn't mean it's coming to an end and he replied, "Going no, no, we've we've got loads more to go through." So, yeah, oh, new deadly at, class. Look at you with your cele- celebrity celebrity <laughs> tweeting. Well, you know, I'm not the one who got most recently tweeted no. by you know or liked by <laughs> creators, as the next title will actually say. Uh, which is uh, day number four. Um, day one uh, came out in November, early December. Yeah. Uh, number two is uh, is due out next, next week, week and uh, we wax lyrical about that during our Your omnibus edition. It new was series, uh, one. our best surprise, biggest surprise, or something yeah. along those lines. Vicky <laughs> since read issue one. Well, I, I read it last night, and it was. I think I turned to you and said that was. Deep. Abs- <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hey. It was amazing and just sort of. Just keeps you gripped the whole way through. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. Real page That's a real, and yeah, it's uh, Stephanie. Next, Stephanie it? Hans is the is the artist on it, and uh, she had tweeted uh, yesterday. Uh, which yeah, w- would would she get this nervous with the release of every issue? And uh, I had uh, replied, 
<laughs> well, I, I'm nervous, and I'm only reading it. <laughs> you know, and uh, and I uh, tagged Coffee and Heroes, Coffee and Heroes One, which is the uh, Coffee and Heroes One, which is the the shop's uh, Twitter so address, mm-hmm. and uh, writer Karen Gillen and uh, Stephanie Hans give you a wee follow, which yeah, is nice. nice. Yep. So uh, that's uh, die number four, part four, and that's the uh, end of the. I I guess I maybe just assumed that, or? but. Uh, I'm just. I, I don't know what's going to happen. We're only one issue five. in, but yeah. it's class. I don't want to spoil it. Um, but there, there's another issue. One still quite readily available. So uh, jump on. Great it. Book. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking about the trade, I'll, but um, I'll get you the first issue. No problem. It's, it's I like fantastic. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Perfect. So good. Just don't love one. Give them. Um, give up. Give up our one. We're happy to do so. As well. Right. I couldn't agree to that. <laughs> Hold on a second. Well, it's reco- <laughs> recorded now. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, moving along, um, Farmhand is going to return in March with a new story arc, which I think we all love Farmhand and we all read Farmhand. Season 2 of Farmhand. So much fun. Uh, it finished last month yeah. uh, yeah. See, with, with so issue 5 so. the graphic novel is out June, before this end one end of January yeah so uh-huh. it'll collect the first 5 issues allow you to get caught up and then the single issues kick off again March 20th science fiction so, yeah. humour horror we're <laughs> very <laughs> excited for that yeah, it's so yeah. off kilter yeah. so just languid and fun Chew, it is something very similar to Chew like the art style is very similar the, the even the writing style because it is the quite, dark humour yeah, yeah. It's Rob Gallery yeah. like, the humour is there and it's exactly the same as Chew so Chew was 60 issues it's 10, ten trades, trades yeah. um, and I mean the general gist of it is that there exists a farm on which they grow uh, replacement body, body parts yeah. Yeah. yeah but um like um I'm looking forward to getting number six because I read all five issues back to back and it gripped me just as it did like Magic Cordon and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to it coming out. Um, there's Hit Girl season two by Kevin Smith. Yeah, uh, Kevin Smith continuing to write that. I I gotta say I'm still I am a big fan of this idea of season one, season two, season three. I know we've talked Definitely, about this yeah. before. I do, I don't think for. You know, DC and Marvel comics, it would work because they have a massive history. But see, indie stuff, are I you, love the idea of that. Are you picking this up right or are you picking this up wrong? It's called Hit Girl Season 2, I think, because it's about a TV show about Hit Girl. Well, I mean, it might tie into that as well, but it's um, it was in last month's previous Hit Girl Season 2, number one. Mm. And that was because a new creative team was coming on, so it was Kevin Smith coming on. And I think it was a way of differentiating that. I think we'd spoke about it before. People would be excited enough if it was Hit Girl issue 13 mm. by Kevin Smith, but casual yeah. readers might be like, oh, number one, oh, and it's by Kevin Smith. So I, I, it might tie into uh, that This as is well. uh, it's an interesting concept because it is by Kevin Smith, who's a film can, director. It's Jen Silent uh, Bob, the comic. Hit Girl's on set, watching her life portrayed by America's sweetheart. She needs to axe this film and fast. <laughs> it sounds like he's writing about something he knows about. Yeah. Which means it's going to be a lot of yeah, fun and yeah. good humour to it as well, I would imagine. Brilliant. And number one is out. Um, uh, January. Or sorry, no, uh, February. February. Yeah, um, there's a couple other books that I'm really excited for on this page. The first is Headlopper, number 11. Didn't realise it was coming back, so Headlopper, number 10, must be February too. Yeah. Very fantastic series. He launched the very first one on Kickstarter. And then Image picked it up straight after. Oh wow! So a very, it's a beaut. It's I think you'd love it Ooh. if you've never read it. It's like 
fantasy like fun action-packed oh wow okay i'll definitely i've got both the trades so maybe bring it in and lend you're it making to you're gonna have to bring a bag full of stuff in. yeah well, <laughs> sorry he'll bring <laughs> you a bag full of marvel, marvel <laughs> teach me about the marvel universe yeah. and then isola or isola is coming back too and it's now bi-monthly which yeah. i'm not too sure how i feel about that but wow. it's really all our favorite books going <laughs> bi-monthly or quarterly but yeah, um, if you haven't read that, I think the trade will be out before then. Yeah, I would say. So. Well, the trade's out already. Is one. it? Yeah, yeah, for oh. sure. So. And then I believe there's something on this page that you guys might want to talk about. It's like, uh, yeah. who, who wants to take the lead? Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I don't even want to read the blurb of Middle West. Yeah. That's yeah. number five. I'm two issues in. We're all two issues yeah. in. Yeah, uh, I think that's that's the. I mean, previews is a dangerous thing for people like us because we don't want to have things spoiled. And there are certain oh, thanks, Roddy, for covering that. Uh, there are certain titles that I will never read the blurb for. Tom Keane's Batman is one. Saga is another. Deadly Class is another. Middle West, after two issues, has fallen into that category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to go into every single issue of that blind mm-hmm. because the second issue is just as good as the first. And least. still, no clue what's going on or what's no, happening in the world. Or, it just yeah. has this world to it that, and it doesn't bother explaining things. It's just like. We're going to treat the reader with a bit of respect, a bit of intelligence. We'll probably, you know, give you more details down the line, but we're confident enough you're going to stick with us. And I love that. Yeah. yeah. Middle West, yeah. fantastic. It's different to see, obviously I love his art, and I know I probably spoke about that in length in the, the last podcast, but it's, it's different to see him writing something, because sort of I don't read Deadpool um, which he does but Middle West is just something completely different Keith's a big Deadpool fan <laughs> <laughs> and you guys really like is it Jorge Corona's art style on it, mm-hmm. it yeah. it's almost like a slightly more adult version of Scotty Young yeah mm-hmm. it's still yeah. got the cartoony it's got vibe cartoony yeah. sensibility yeah. but the story itself deals with very serious they work issues they very well together I think mm-hmm. yeah. that's what makes it such a good book and the art style um, just sort of draws you into it and you want to see what happens next your eyes dart yeah. all over yeah. the page there's a lot going on yeah there's a lot going on in the art there's a lot going on in the story yeah oh, is, is that series finale uh, for Murder Falcon is it I don't think anybody uh, else at this I don't table think so usually, it usually says yeah. doesn't it um, it's all about this uh, guy who when he plays guitar he can summon this Murder Falcon that is basically right, that this kick ass <laughs> Falcon who wears a bandana for those about <laughs> to shred we salute you it is it's <laughs> nice. a stupid over the top title but it's the kind of title that could only exist in comics it's it's actually really really good really fun mm-hmm. I have to say it's by the same guy who did I don't know if you read Extremity no uh, another image series was very good Daniel Warren Johnson Murder Falcon by that point I would imagine the trade will be out it might have even been in last month's uh, uh, previous, previews yeah. but it was it's a Portland title really recommend it yeah. well then yeah, go ahead, Keith. You can go for this one. Oblivion sure. Song number 13 is kicking off a new story arc. They're as far as number 13. Yeah. Did they pre-plan this or something? It's almost, <laughs> like, it's almost like they did. And then... That's what's great, just on a very quick note on Oblivion Song. The same month they're soliciting Trade 2 is issue 13. Yeah, which uh, I guess Trade thing. 2 is up to number 12. That's it. And then did the same thing with one. the first one, Trade 1 six issues came out the same day as issue seven uh, I see again. soliciting offered again Brit volume one to three uh, Astonishing Wolf Man, Astounding Wolfman volume one to four and uh, Tech Jacket one to two mm-hmm. which you asked me uh, last week during the omnibus about the Invincible Universe yeah. all of those are members of the Invincible Universe does that mean 
the Lublin song is going to somehow no don't think so (laughs) well it's worth a shout just because they (laughs) offered it again maybe they knew something we didn't yeah they're all written by Robert Gurman (laughs) <laughs> yeah speaking of Kirkman there's Outcast number 40 which I believe is coming close to an end yeah I know I the know TV show's been cancelled but I don't know about the, the comic or is the comic still going then yeah oh I thought it was the comic that was cancelled no, too TV show just was the TV show I missed that there was a TV show that's two seasons in I think it ends at the end of the season right. too well like that would maybe, I mean not, not myself specifically but that could be why it was yeah. cancelled because <laughs> nobody knows about it uh, there we've got Prodigy number 4 first issue is the only one that's been released so far but issue 2 is January 9th Mark Miller book what did yeah. you make of number 1 I really enjoyed it um, anything Mark Miller I like anyway it's so just you, can't, you can't blindly like it just because he but wrote it just like you blindly dislike DC Except if it's Jesus. Hey, I'm, I'm going to try with this um, second No, but this is my point. The reason you like it is because it's great. It's not like you went to and go, this is Mark Miller, it's going to be amazing. Your faith is rewarded each time. Yeah, hmm. because he knows how to do short stories. He'd always, his arcs are always six issues. And they're always... Obviously, there's a start, middle, and end. And it's always in that way. And it's just very sort of point and... And just on that note, I read uh, Magic Order one to five last week, oh, yeah. all in a row. Bloody hell! When's issue six out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been pushed back. It's not out until the sixteenth of January. Which I, I really should have waited until issue six. I I'm absolutely gutted because I thought it, number six was out next week. You read week. Magic Order wrong? No, you no. should. Trade that yeah. Harry Potter yeah. meets Goodfellas. Yes, yeah. it's amazing, Word. and I I got ex- all excited today because I was like, right, I've got. This coming out, this coming out, Magic Order's coming out, I can finally finish that, and then Alan's like, it's not out next week. I was like, what do you mean it's not out next week? Uh, ruined Alan's birthday, yeah. Mark Miller. <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, the, the TV show of that, the Netflix yeah. show of that. Yeah, it's got 12 issue, or sorry, 12 episode series written all over mm. Is it only six issues? It's only six, six. issues. For is, now, yeah. This is more oh, yeah, 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 it could be. But I mean, he did this with Jupiter's Legacy and he, he did six issues and then he did like a season two. And yeah. Mark Miller, I think, thinks multi-format entertainment. He doesn't just think comics. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a Magic Order season yeah. two, season well, three, whatever. A bit like Kick-Ass. Because yeah. mm. obviously Kick-Ass, you got three. Ah, yeah, Kick-Ass one, Kick-Ass two. And then Kick-Ass, Kick-Ass three, it changed, obviously, a black female. So... Um, which I'm absolutely loving, which I think the last issue comes out next week, I think it is. So. Mm. Okay, well, um, I know a lot, I haven't read it. It's one of my books I really want to read, but Paper Girls, number 26, is out in March, and it's the countdown to the end of the end of Brian K. Vaughan and Cliff Chiang and Matt Wilson's run. I read the first so. trade of it. My, my colleague, Nikki, loaned it to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I, I enjoyed it. It seemed a wee bit uh, to have a wee bit of a Stranger Things sort of a vibe. Paper Cards mm-hmm. was sort of the victim in that, in that it actually came out before Stranger uh-huh. Things. But then anybody who's read it since has thought this is just a Stranger Things. Record. Oh, okay. Like even to the point where there's four main characters who are all teenage friends. Uh huh. But in Stranger Things, it was four guys. In that, it's four girls. Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, Paper Girls is very much worth picking up. Anything Brian K. Vaughan goes back yeah. to what I said yeah. about follow creators. Anything he writes, I'm there. Sweet, nice. Well, here's something Vicky might like: Sharky the Bounty Hunter number two, which we talked we talked about number one. Yeah. But do you know who has a variant cover for the number two? 
Yeah. <laughs> Vicky's there. It looks it looks quite really, really cool, I have to say. Normally with image stuff I I always tend to read number one and most of the time I go from there. Yeah. Because yeah, nine times out of ten, number one normally leads to something very good like and then the entire series yeah. that's a, a series that's been on the go for years Savage yeah. Dragon by Eric yes. Larson it's always closing in on Spawn I recall they, they started at roughly the same time if mm. I recall they, uh, yeah, I remember yeah. Spawn starting with Tom yeah. McFarlane I remember Savage Dragon starting with Eric Larson and, far by the, I mean, Spawn's uh, 290 I mean, that's a lot of years 295 which we'll get to yeah. in the previous I think I think yeah there it is Spawn 295 mm-hmm. interesting thing with Savage Dragon is that um, <laughs> it's written drawn created by Eric Larson and he had a go at me on Twitter one day <laughs> because Greg Capullo was doing a variant cover for Savage Dragon and I was doing like weekly recommendations and I wrote something like, oh, you got to pick this up, guys. Features an amazing cover by Greg Capullo. And he tweeted me back going, don't forget to tag the writer, artist and creator of the title itself. Oh. Capullo doesn't do all the covers. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Did I you, back to him that's reverse. Um, remember I was telling you earlier about art cred? Yeah. That's like reverse art cred. <laughs> well, I wrote back to him going, oh no, it didn't mean anything bad. It's just a matter of fan of Capullo's. And he never replied. Come to her. Well, <laughs> someone was having a bad day. He was, and he definitely took it out of me. No, I would say not. <laughs> well, um, one that I am very excited for, and I feel like I keep saying this, I have talked about it before at length, but Skyward number 11 is coming out. And is that the gravity one? Yes. 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 I still have the trade next to my bed. I'm trying to read all my Are my issues. recommendations doing nothing? It's that I'm trying to get through everything to get to it. It's, um, you know, Keith recommends me Secret Wars, Marvels, <coughs> read them both. Hmm. Well, <laughs> mm, mm. but anyway, it's a perfect jumping on point because the two volumes, I reckon, will be out by then. So definitely start picking it up. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Number 11 start of a new story yeah. up, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, we've got um, Spawn 295. I don't know if anyone... Does anyone pick up Spawn in Coffee and Heroes? There's a few people with it on Pulissa. It seems to be primarily for the art. Um, there's a couple of guys get it. Francesco Mattina continues to do covers for it, uh, which means a lot of people pick it up. But um, Spawn's not the biggest seller, although our back issues of Spawn sell well. I would yeah. Say. Okay. Well, yeah, there's another. See, Walking Dead again is another example of um, <clears throat> a, they understand their audience. They never spoil anything in previews. It literally has one line: "Chaos comes from Commonwealth." <laughs> that brilliant. could mean anything. Well, I mean, you have to admit that the first minute anybody from our Walking Dead crew met comes anyone anywhere, from the Commonwealth, chaos usually follows. It was, I mean, that the the, the end of the last trade that <laughs> that I read was, uh, you know, it seemed to be going great, and then, uh, you know, the the team introduced Rick to the Commonwealth, and Rick won. Rick walked in just went kiss the death. <laughs> just, not 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 because <laughs> not because he's a he's an ordinary guy, but because uh, he disagrees with how they do things. Yeah. And, and a classist structure. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a classist structure where if you were if you had a certain job or were a certain class before the zombie apocalypse, then you get a you job are or are entitled yeah. to that. 
and despite what you've done in between that time to survive, you know, or da 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 da. So, if you were a of, of the political class, you will become a political class. If you were, you know, a, you a working a, class, you'll yeah. be a, a working class. If you yeah, were, you might have yeah. been a dock worker, but through the zombie apocalypse, you've proven invaluable to survival. Mm-hmm. But none of that was rewarded. It was like, no, nope, this was your station. Yeah, before. and I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's about reward. I think it's about the fact that they've, you know, they've the the old order has broken down. And there's a there's a, a different this is a, there's a different word now and yet they're just but it's exactly the same well yeah and and then and it's kind of interesting it's playing with the whole thing because you always sort of I guess in the back of your mind assume that the the goal of Walking Dead the goal of the the survivors was to rebuild society mm-hmm. but these people have rebuilt society exactly as it was and our team our crew our the characters we know and have followed for the past 180 issues walk into this and go. <laughs> oh, no, I no. Don't think so. I'm Rick Grimes. I'm Rick Grimes. Do you know what I've done? Have you heard of Negan? Yeah, I took him down. <laughs> so, yeah, so how about was, that? I mean, We're, all of that alone was just image. We finished image, but image is the biggest, maybe most important, but. We're moving on to Dark Horse now, and as you said earlier, you could rattle off all your old school Vertigo titles. Mm-hmm. Well, Karen Berger has Berger Brooks, and she is she is the most famous of the Vertigo editors, I would say. Yeah, and I think she's looking to kind of create like I don't want to say like another Vertigo, but she's looking to create something very special. She's bringing a lot of Dark Horse across. books. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's especially like an, it's these an imprint. Ones. Yeah, the first yeah, Dark Horse imprint. The first one I'm looking at here is Invisible Kingdom, which is by G. Willow Wilson, who we were talking about earlier, yeah, and Marvel. Christian Ward, who's a fantastic artist. Um, so this one is set in a far-flung food. Sorry, excuse me. Easy for you to say. Oh, apparently not. <laughs> set in a far-flung star system, this new epic sci-fi monthly saga tells the tale of two women, a young religious acolyte, and a hard-bitten fre- freighter pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, who separately uncover a vast conspiracy between the leader of the system's dominant religion and the mega corporation that controls society. On the run from reprisals on both sides, this unlikely pair of rebels risk plunging the world into anarchy if they reveal the truth. That sounds class. And that looks like sort of hardcore sci-fi. Yeah. It's also clearly a very confident series in that it's already established as an ongoing. Mm. You know, you very rarely get that within these series. Yeah. Especially the Burger Books line in general. It so was all miniseries. Four issue yeah. miniseries. And no more. There was a good one called Hungry Ghosts. Anthony Bourdain did, which I thought yeah. was very good. I really Plus, like the imagery in this one. It looks mighty pretty. Obviously not great yeah. for podcasting, but definitely Go get on, it. Describe get... that page. Go on. So it's got no. like a giant mushroom <laughs> in the sky. Do you know what? It looks. Do you know what? I'm going to say row. it looks a bit Mobius. Um, like it's. And we'll get on to him later. Corridor, so like a massive canyon, steps leading up to this giant wall. mushroom type thing. I the architecture's <laughs> almost Moorish. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's Invisible Kingdom number one. I think that looks great as well. And the yeah. talent involved. Yep, sign me up for that. Fantastic. And, and I don't then, think that's a mushroom, it's some kind of a floaty space station. Thing. A floaty mushroom space oh, station. Oh, okay. Well, I don't want to pick it up now. <laughs> but I... <laughs> Um, so we got moving on Girl in the Bay number yeah, 2 I believe we talked about it on the yeah. last one yeah, yeah a few people signed up for it it's really yeah. interesting ooh so Black Hammer Black Hammer 45 this looks really good um, I'm reading Black Hammer in trades mm-hmm. so I'm not quite caught up with all the I know there's a lot of spin-offs to it um, that I've probably missed at this point but yeah. I'm really looking forward to this one 
because it's Matt Kent who's on art and um, Dean Orman, Ormiston usually does the main Black Hammer series yeah. but he doesn't do all the, the spin-offs, spin-offs. Yeah. so I'm really looking forward to this one because Matt does a series I absolutely love called it's Depth or Department H Department I H. don't know what it is yeah. but it's a play on words it's, it's absolutely a fantastic series though and it's absolutely gorgeous and this one it's is also uh, another really good mini series the one called Black Badge oh really good. right let's uh, take that up what's the elevator pitch for Black Hammer <coughs> go ahead Alan oh, well, no, I'm, suff- read I'm suffering <laughs> <laughs> I would love to jump in it all I know oh, about Black Hammer at this point is that it's been uh, <coughs> solicited for a movie uh, Jet, oh, in fact all of Jeff Lemire's back catalogue has been um, so someone sees something at Black Hammer I, I'll be honest I haven't I haven't read it. It looks like a retro-y superhero type thing to me. But yeah, okay, all right, sweet. Um, Let me get a, get a, this one looks amazing because it's got a very uh, steampunk yeah. vibe to it. But yeah, there's a couple more spin-offs as well that are continuing on a volume one of another spin-off. So, does anybody care about an Avatar comic? Does anybody care that uh, there's supposed to be another two or three Avatar movies coming Does out? Does anyone think James Cameron is secretly raging that Aquaman got it so right? Because apparently the whole second movie of Avatar was set underwater. Yeah. Yeah. They've kind of beat him to it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll skip past that for now. Yeah, sorry. I, d- I didn't even notice it, to be honest. I was just like, uh, Stranger Things trade coming this way. Uh, I guess there's only one issue left of that. Yeah, out this okay. week. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Uh, it's a nice I, side story. The yeah. thing that I'm enjoying most is the Thought Bubbles. They've got the Thought Bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, you love the Thought Bubbles, don't you? Yep. You, yep. you uh, thought I'm they were not dead. I'm keen on the art on Stranger Things. Like, uh, when I tend to read those you always look at your art but sort of the art isn't gripping me in this it's very, it's very basic um blo- sort of blocky is that right yeah I'd have it's just, it it's just seems very basic it just doesn't seem like a lot of efforts went into making it stand mm. out art wise i would say the covers look a hell of a lot better than the interiors yeah. Um, but the story's interesting mm-hmm. if you're a Stranger Things fan. It's a, as you say, it's a side story. It's the story of what, what happened uh, as Will Byers whenever he was in the Upside Down. It's in between down. series one and two, is it? It's yeah. during season one. Uh, yeah, okay. it's the in between in the Upside Down. Oh, <laughs> right, right. oh of course. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, yeah. Will disappears at the start yeah. of season one. It's all about the search for Will. You but see a lot of what happened in the series, but from his side. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, that sounds um, really cool. The end of William Gibson's Alien 3. Uh, I think Make it longer with a stunning variant cover by Christian Ward I must say uh, it also ties <coughs> into the first uh, Burger Books one that you recommended yeah which was Invisible, Invisible Kingdom, Kingdom. Uh, yeah I'm really enjoying that series two issues in now yeah, uh, yeah. and it was that you recommended it in the previous yeah. podcast was that the last one uh, a couple of months back two yeah. so far just two yeah, yeah. Um, really comics have a bit in, of a weird was it schedule. the last podcast I was on I mean yeah yeah I think that was the last one so yeah, just a lot of video games for old Dark Horse. I mean, there's Starcraft, Halo, Anthem, Witcher. which is a new one. Witcher, Tom Clancy's. They've got a lot Division. of properties when it comes to. So if that's your bag, then that, by um, all means. Like Jack Ryan. Yeah. Tom Clancy. Yeah. Yeah. So Splinter Cell. Yeah. Um, Jack Ryan. All those just kinds of ones. And, and God of War and Final Fantasy. <laughs> you'll get a, you'll Dare get I watch, turn the page yeah. for more? We actually oh. binge-watched um, Jack Ryan um, on yeah. New Year's Day, all eight episodes. And when we say binge, we it's properly very good, isn't it? That's the, the TV yeah. show, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. what I was saying. We just literally 
sat on the sofa all day and watched it. Thoroughly brilliant. Yeah. Is, this a, is it like a... Eight issue limited series. Is it like a prequel to... Amazon Primates uh, early Jack Ryan. Early show before Clear and Present Danger. Yeah. Patriot Games. It's see. like the very start, isn't it? It's where Very you, much so, yeah. yeah. Uh, Some of All Fears was not the one that Some ben, of All Fears was Ben, ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Affleck. Was, yeah. was it Shadow Recruit or something? Which Chris, Chris Pine. Pine. Yeah. But no, this just ignores all of those. And it's it's John Krasinski, very talented actor. Hellboy's a thing that, I mean, I've seen the movies and I've enjoyed them. And I've I really always, wish you'd have just stopped talking to me. Hellboy's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and that, right, and so, I've always intended to sort of get into, but yeah, I've never quite got into. I think the so the big thing for Dark Horse at this point, they're gearing up for this Hellboy movie. Starring David Harbour from Stranger yeah. Things. <clears throat> oh, so sorry, I sort of interrupted you there. No, not I thought, at all. I thought you were going to go for. <laughs> no, just about it's a thing that you haven't gone into, but want to get into. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Special let's, get, good. let's get demons yeah. and Nazis and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that seems pretty cool. <laughs> well, wow. and, and I do the horns they cut some off. So. Yeah, Winter Special of was good. Um, that uh, that new Hellboy movie has got. Uh, 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 Daniel De Kim the yeah. from Lost, from he's Lost, in it. Yeah. yeah, he's in it as well. It also has Mo from EastEnders. Mo Slater, yeah. See, we were talking about this in the story. I don't know who that is because I don't watch crap TV. <laughs> the, <laughs> the new trailer for Hellboy, I wasn't blown away by, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that was because Hellboy, at its core, is a ridiculous character in a real world setting, and it just looked fake. Whereas De- Guillermo del Toro, who directed Hellboy 1, Hellboy 2, was great at setting up a gothic-style world where Hellboy fit in. And what I would say is that those earlier movies, Hellboy didn't seem out of place in. But I thought the trailer was a bit... Oh, I, hate, I hated it. Um, because all the way up to it, they were like, oh, it's a really gritty, serious Hellboy. Really, yeah, it's dark. Really dark, humor. really dark. And then it's just like, it, it was Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. It, I did it not like it at all. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't blown away really, And it's like I don't think that's it's not a slight on the way the quality of the film or what it's gonna be, but I was just like after promising all this yeah. that was not what I expected. <clears throat> not what you were home or from. not what you promised even, and I wouldn't be well, the biggest cowboy an, fan. There was even an interview with David Harbour um after like a couple of days later where he was saying oh you guys have no idea it's so bloody and gory in this and it's like well we didn't get that pressure from the it almost seemed like he was doing damage control yeah you know but yeah um, one that sort of caught my eye here based, purely based on the cover um, is called The Whispering Dark mm-hmm. trade paperback it looks fantastic so the blurb tells me it's a combination of Lovecraft's At the Mountain of Madness and Coppola's Apocalypse Now that Aiming is for the stars again. <laughs> well I'm going to buy it and if they haven't reached the stars God bless them Like, but um, the cover is insane I'll describe this one to you um, so there's like a couple yeah like um, is that like a face in the moon like a yeah, skull face, face in the yeah. moon high metal and then there's these guys just like walking up a mountainside it looks really really cool definitely definitely going to add that and how would before we do anything, how if someone sees something they like, how do they go about ordering it? Yeah, just pop in the store. I mean, pull lists can be set up whether it's for trade paperbacks, whether it's for single issues, whether it's for one title, whether it's for fifty. Just pop in the shop. Let us know if there's upcoming stuff you want to uh, jump onto, and we'll we'll get you sorted there. 
Uh, pull lists, obviously, we keep everything behind the counter, make sure that uh, it's held over for you until a time that's convenient for you to come up. But I can stop filling air right now because uh, Roddy has just found Transformers. <laughs> We <laughs> and uh, he's been he's been looking forward to this yeah. I think uh, since an hour and forty three minutes ago, yeah. When this podcast started, well, we're done with Dark Horse, we're done with Image. I think this this month is going to be very good for IDW. So not just one Transformers title, but two. Or so this, as Roddy put it earlier in our group chat, oh no, no, Fortnite. Well, that's Izola as well. I've got going Fortnitely, so. But I'm sure I'll survive somehow. But anyway, Transformers is a new dawn, a new era dawns, and this book sounds really, really good. I'm just gonna. Is it old school writers on it? It's or is it a no, it's brand new Brian Brian Ruckley who wrote a book that I cannot remember the name of at the moment. I don't think he's done any comics. And then there's two artists on it: Angel Hernandez and Ron Joseph. Um. The the I'll, do you know what I'll read the blurb. Um, in an infinite universe, there exists a planet like no other, Cybertron, home to the Transformers and a thriving hub for interstellar commerce. It is a world brimming with organic and constructed diversity. Immense structures line its landscape. Mechanical giants roam across its surface. Starship-sized titans orbit the skies, keeping a constant protective watch above and below. Ancient Transformers merge into the very fabric. Small. Small mysterious creatures skulk in the shadows. It is truly an amazing realm. Long untouched by the war and exuberant, exuberantly reaching for the stars, this is the Cybertron that Optimus Prime and Megatron vie for in this bold new origin, a world seemingly, a world of seemingly endless peace. So I think they're going back to the start with it, like Cybertron before the war. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Um, it says in the other blurb, uh, it's about it's mostly focuses on Bumblebee and Windblade, but Bumblebee isn't on the first cover, which is a bit nope. strange. Um, Especially given the recent movie coming out, yeah, I think they would push him a little bit. But it's supposed to be about a young, it said and stuff I read before about a young Bumblebee. So very very exciting um because i know idw have just wrapped up on their transformers long series and it was always sort of like a hard it seemed like a hard one to get yeah, into because there's so many there was like bumblebee series or and like wreckers and yeah it mean, crossed over didn't it the revolution thing so yeah with rom and, and so forth so i think this is a great way for them i mean transformers in general it seems like the property itself they're clearing the decks yeah From all yeah. the stuff i've heard i mean you've seen bumblebee i love bumblebee i would recommend every, all your listeners stop right now and go see it <laughs> his exact words to us earlier were i demand that you see this yeah. movie i uh, it's it's not just like um i am like a really big transformers fan but it was just a great film like just a great great film and i would say Haley steinfeld is like the the absolute star of it how would you compare it to the first Transformers movie because I thought it was great the first one yeah the first one has its moments but like nah it's not a Transformers film like the, this one is it's just mm-hmm. and, and do I, they completely they, ignore Transformers movies in this one or is there the it's no anything, it's but nothing's mentioned but it's like it's set before yeah I, I think you're hesitant is because <clears throat> of the last Transformer movie we watched it was like three hours long I think everyone's been burned so much on them that's why because it hasn't been doing well the problem with Transformers movies for me was that 
The first one I liked because it was a rather personal story. It was all about a guy in his first car. Yeah. And it went from there. But then the second Transformers movie got bigger. Then the yeah. third got bigger. <laughs> then the fourth got... And then it gets to a point where there's nowhere to go from there. Yeah. And what I've heard about Bumblebee, and hopefully you'll you know corroborate this, but what I've heard about Bumblebee is that it's back to being yeah, a stripped back story about, you know... It's, a girl, case, it's a girl and, and a girl her car, car. yeah. Um, it's... The best part about it is it builds up um, like I, I empathy. Remember, I remember my first car, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I love Toby. And I Toby. Has to, it was, <laughs> nice. It was, it was Toby, um, my little wee black Fiesta. The license plate had TBY on it. Did so. it transform? Unfortunately, not. No. It, Unless there's something you want to tell me. No. no. Unfortunately, it was a rust bucket and I had to get it scrapped. So I was very <laughs> upset and they wouldn't let me keep his number plate. Ah. Uh. Which I was really annoyed about, but. Oh, well. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, to bring it back full circle to the comics, I mean, people have been looking for an entrance point to Transformers. This seems perfect. Yeah, I yeah. think this is it. And something else that caught my eye was for number two. It says, Don't Miss the Cybertronian Travel Poster by Jeffrey Ferreggi. Posters in a comic? So, retailers see your order for incentive information. Mm. But yeah. I, say, I, I do like that cover. I know we shouldn't be saying about the covers, but the cover looks very sort of like the colours yeah. popping like the sort of sky with the sort of green in the old sky old school designs as well yeah, yeah. just obviously I love my blues so obviously the blue in the Transformer sort of as it's like crawling over the rubble but it looks a bit it's kind yeah, of I'll, I'll jump on this as well um, I'd probably grab this too I like the idea of getting in the Transformers comic and again if they want to make it easy to get into I'm there yeah and as we've said bi-monthly <laughs> <laughs> is it bi-monthly continuously or do you think just for the start? just for those two mm. I'm, I'm curious well, because I mean yeah it says double shipping monthly so you'd assume oh, okay. I'd but assume at the, so at the end of the day I mean we've <clears throat> talked about it before as well certainly in the last uh, the end of your yeah. podcast with Batman you don't mind but, um, fortnightly if it's quality yeah if it's well, more it a case of you're not really it? enjoying it and then they're just piling up that's different yeah. but I mean Batman's fortnightly and every time a new issue of Batman comes in it's the first thing I pick out to read so hopefully this will be a similar level of quality I would say so might be the first thing I pick up to read um, very excited for Child it Child of the 80s oh yeah um, so yeah I got a bit of G.I. Joe there the G.I. Joe Sierra Muerte number 2 is on it I, I recommend that it before, number 1 yeah, yeah absolutely and here's something pretty interesting um I was saying earlier, I think IDW is going to have a big, big month uh, in March. They've been doing a lot of things to get younger readers and a lot of female readers as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know about like Vicky, if you could, do you like IDW or are you looking into it? She likes the first letter of IDW because it starts off image. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, IDW is a lot of properties, yeah. I would say that. Yes. Yeah. I think you have to like the property to like the comic. Mm -hmm. Um, IDW, you know, they have the rights obviously to Transformers, G.I. Joe. I mean, these ones look like new ones to me. I yeah. was going to say, Glow, Glow there has a, the look of the, um, is it a TV show? Yeah, so it is from, based on it. It's yeah. based on that. Oh, okay. So, I, Glow stands for Glamorous Ladies of Wrestling. And there's a Netflix series. Yeah. Allison Brie? Yeah. Because that. I, I saw that and I just thought of the Netflix show straight away. We haven't watched it and it might it's be... It's very good, very good, yeah. yeah. It's on the long list of things to watch. Um, but yeah. that's 
that, I was going to say that's by Teeny Hard, who's a great writer. Um, Maybe that might be something I'll like jump onto, obviously. Um, and then I think March is like women's, might be Women's History Month. Oh, yeah, it is. It says <laughs> um, so um, another thing that so looks quite interesting. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's called Synergy, a Hasbro Creator Showcase. So it's, oh, Keith, it's an anthology. Um, so it's an anthology full of different Hasbro creations, all women, and written by, I believe, written by yeah, female characters. So you've got My Little Pony, the female Snake Eyes, Windblade, RC, Scarlet. Um, not entirely sure who the other ones are. Jam and the holograms. Ah, Keith. Keith's there. You start to the Looks something quite cool, like an yeah, anthology. So it's all, all going to be female writers yeah, and artists as well. All female, so that looks pretty cool. Um, and then we've got who is it that loves Gears of War? Is it Kieran? I mean, I love me a bit of Gears of War, but I, the mythology of it, I'm lost yeah, on. Yeah. So here's um, another mini series. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy Curtis Weeb who's writing it as Gears of War, uh, Hive Busters number one. He wrote uh, Rise of Ram, which sold quite well for us as well. So. If you like your Gears of War stuff, I think there's going to be four issues. Nice. And um, then got one here, the final exciting issue of GoBots, number five. When you say final, do you mean or final, is it final of first arc, or do you mean... I think it was a miniseries Tom Scioli's done. Um, God help him if he's going to do any more, because he does everything. He writes and draws and colours, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I it's think. A long break. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I, I've enjoyed the first one. I'm looking to read number two when it's out. So the oh, is the, it out? The the, okay. the bizarre, <laughs> absurd, and wonderful word of GoBots. Yep. It's you know I think we we talked about it before. It's it actually I remember we were talking about it. It came before Transformers. I know. Uh, it was eventually absorbed into the Transformers. Yeah. Universe. yeah. I realized that after we'd recorded and released it. But like after I had said, it certainly doesn't seem like it. Transformers. <laughs> this clearly came after it. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a lot of turtle stuff. If you're into turtles, um, wouldn't be my number one thing. But you can't beat the turtles if you're into the comics, you know. And then there's Star, there's Star Trek versus Trek Transformers. Yeah. Continuing as well. Yeah, looking forward to picking that up after first issues out this month. After the mirror broken and through the mirror. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then continuing on what a bit of what I said, there's a lot of IDW stuff for Kate. Well, like younger readers with Star Wars Adventures. And then I still don't get what this IDW Marvel crossovers about. It's not a. I think they're just they're just uh, soliciting the kids side of things. It's just weird though, but why Marvel wouldn't just do that themselves? Is beyond me. Yeah, and there's a lot of Disney learn. stuff too. So you know, why Marvel wouldn't be doing the Tangled stuff or the or the Ducktail stuff? Is you know what I mean? It's yeah, they're Disney I mean, properties. Disney properties. You would think that as well. They're clearly keeping them. So they're maybe yeah. individually licensed. I don't know. It's a bit. I mean, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Possibly. I mean, maybe they've got some sort of contract set up in the meantime. Yeah. I don't know, but. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean that brings are... us pretty much to an end of the IDW stuff. Yeah, um, I think we'll we'll move swiftly through the rest of the uh, indie we, stuff we if we there promise, is any. We promise. No, there is some good other stuff coming up. Six million so, dollar man, I thought actually looked quite interesting. Uh, this is going to be a, a new mini series. Just a little blurb for it. Sounded good. Good creative talent on there. There was a quite good crossover in between G.I. Joe and the six million dollar man the joys it of was, comics yeah. is in the crossovers 
It was actually very fun. It was like Sutter, yeah, it was exactly what you would expect it to be. This is clearly a wee bit tongue in cheek. Uh, it's the 1970s. Things are going great. Steve Austin used to be an astronaut. Now he has robo parts and a laser eye. <laughs> And it's all about how his uh, powers are filling him and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I read the little blurb for that. I actually thought it sounded pretty pretty good. I have to say there was uh, Army of Darkness Bubble Hotel number two. Can't wait for number one of that. Um, Bit of Galactica goodness. There was a little something else around the Dynamite series. I was... I mean, I'm enjoying the James Bond stuff. I have to say, 007 ongoing and also Origin has been uh, has been very good so far. Well, more Turok stuff too. Might look into that. Are you a fan of the N64? You? Yeah, I love Turok. Yeah, Rage, Always Rage Wars Turok was my favorite. Turok two. Turok two is very good. Yeah, I think the first one they, it was sort of like a a run up to number two. Yeah, I guess. Oh. Uh, I guess Project Superpowers is finished. Yeah, six yeah. issues. I believe it stops at one more to come. Uh, so yeah, we're on the boom. To more licensed stuff, but one that uh, caught Keith's eye earlier. Uh, well, I guess uh, there's the the Firefly Volume One hardcover, which uh, will collect the first four issues of the current uh, the current Greg Pack Firefly series. The first two first two issues are out. Which it's I fantastic. have to say, I'm not a f- I've never watched Firefly. I've well, watched Serenity. You need to sort that out immediately. But the comic is fantastic. <laughs> well, I need to watch Bumblebee first. That needs to be sorted yeah. immediately. <laughs> okay. But the comic's well, fantastic. Uh, I see that's. That's someone with you know limited knowledge of that universe. There's a, a one shot here which uh, looks at looks seems to be looking at the origin of uh, of uh, Saffron, who was uh, who appeared in the series. She was uh, uh, <laughs> she was a bit of a I guess a con artist who ended up uh, marrying Mal Reynolds, uh, marrying Captain Reynolds. So this is an origin story of her, who she was before before she became She's Mrs. Reynolds. Christina Hendricks from Mad Men. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, just to look at I her. Need or? to. Well, that very looks like her, but um, we might need to research that. But that I think she was looks a, like her. I think she was in uh, like the series in like a very. Young I was thinking of Christina Hendricks from Drive. I I uh, never watched my Batman's very good. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to this Buffy the Vampire series series by Jordi Belair. Kicks off January um, yeah, first issue. It's uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Just uh, it's a modern. I guess it's a modern day reimagining of. Uh, of Buffy yeah this caught my actually the Grand Abyss Hotel um, which is a an original hardcover graphic novel um, if you're like the talent involved in it's great but if um, the artist for example David Rubin who worked on Rumble uh, oh, nice. which is a series I, I was a big fan of but this is an original graphic uh, Marcos Pryor I believe is the writer for this one uh, but the blurb of this sounds sounds really really interesting. Um, okay, imagine a world overrun by big business and fake news. Well, do we have to imagine? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, via the social media machine in the Grand Abyss Hotel, neoliberalism has a has become a state religion, while the citizens quietly and then not so quietly rebel, giving way to violence on the street and sowing chaos. A masked vigilante takes on the role of hero to battle politicians the erosion of democracy and social media. After the fire burns low and the dust settles, social order returns? 
or does it? I'll maybe grab this. This sounds yeah. right up my street. Is, <laughs> yeah, it's um, is it's it done in that differently sort of, sized. Yeah, it's private eye sized in the same way as private eye. So it's sort of a landscape graphic novel similar to Three Hundred as well. Nice. You mentioned so the woods earlier on, me. Yeah. Um. So you can get yourself the yearbook edition of the woods. This is one for you, really, uh, Karen, really good. By the way, one of James Tanny and the Fourth's mm. first uh, first original properties. Not. Dis, not too dissimilar to Oblivion Song in premise. Okay. Maybe a similar setup, but not qu- not quite the same. Okay. But I'd say if you like Oblivion Song, you'll like the woods. That's good enough for me and yeah. Tenny and the Force involved. <clears throat> Sweet. So yeah, boom, boom have a lot of original stuff, but I think they're sort of midway through a lot of series. Yeah, a lot of number fives, number fours. Again, a lot of starting points there. A lot yeah. of booms businesses done through. Um, Many more from Power Rangers. Yeah, uh, there's WWE if yeah. that's your thing. WrestleMania special. 2019. I, mean, I, I like yeah. it just for the alternative cover with the Undertaker on it. You know, I I'm a guy who loved wrestling when I was younger. I, I've fallen out of love with it long ago, but um, I've yeah, still uh, there's still a big place in my heart for the stuff of the eighties and nineties from it. Still go back and watch some of that older stuff. So. But yeah, the big release for Boom is probably their graphic, which is Jim Henson's Labyrinth Coronation. It's volume two. So it's a 12 issue mini series. The first trade's already available, which is one to six. And then this one's going to be issues seven to 12. This, I believe. The, the first must have been one to four. This is five to eight. All right, I take that back then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I could have swore I could have swore the first one was one to six. But anyway, um, it's, it's a popular title for us at the store. Uh, a lot of people jumping on this, a lot of people with a lot of love for Labyrinth. Is it a sequel to Labyrinth? Yeah. A, okay. yeah. Cool. I've had some of the Jim Henson Storytellers comics. Mm-hmm. They're very, very good. I remember yeah. that TV show. Yeah. Jim they did like Dragons and there's a couple of other ones. They were very, very good. Of course, John Hurt played the Storyteller. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, John so... Was, uh, <clears throat> was it John Hurt was an alien? He's a chess buster, isn't he? Uh, he's one of the, yes, or he is and brother. Then, and then he's in these. There's William Hurt. William Hurt could is his brother, that, but yeah. he's the one that's in uh, History of Violence. Is the main thing comes to my mind. But uh, yeah, we continue to flick through the old uh, in the previous section, and we come on to Aftershock comics. Now, Aftershock is some is a label that we've actually got quite a lot of it in the store. A lot of back issues. It seems to be an imprint that doesn't sell particularly well, and I don't really know why, because when it comes to indie comics, they attract so much of the best talent. I mean, Garth Ennis has written titles for them, Donny Cates has written titles for them, uh, Colin Bunn has written titles for them, although he writes titles for everybody. <laughs> uh, there's great artists on there, like Francesco Francavilla. This one that we're going to chat about here quickly is actually one that Kieran, unfortunately, couldn't be with us, of course. Um, had mentioned that we should definitely um, talk about which is called Dark Red which is a new number one title written by Tim Seeley um, Tim Seeley is, uh, is a writer who I'm pretty sure he did a bit of Nightwing for a while um, he did do another Aftershock or Aftershock title called Brilliant Trash which was very very good but this sounds like a cracking sort of horror supernatural title um, it's all about being a vampire in the modern world essentially um, obviously the book is upside down to me right now so I can't really he's read it he's going to read it out to you he's going to read it out <laughs> you want to you wanna, uh, a little uh, 
Gives a little taste. A little, a little taste. blurb. Says Charles Chip Ipswich isn't one of those coastal elites with a liberal arts degree and a job at a social media startup who knows where all the best brunch places are. Nope. Chip is one of the forgotten men. He lives in a rural area of the middle of the country where Jesus still has a place at the dinner table and where factories send jobs to Calcutta. Chip is also a vampire. Stuck working the last shift at a gas station, Chip is lonely and bored. Uh, and then his dull, bleak life is turned upside down when she comes to town. She in capital letters. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, Tim Seeley uh, and Corin Powell uh, bring you a contemporary and horrifying tale of vampirism in the heart of America that will make you jump right out of your boots <laughs> uh, yeah it looks so you wouldn't get a lot of um, aftershock on pull lists no we don't really at all to be honest and as I say it does surprise me because there are a lot of great creators on aftershock I mean, you'll turn the page here, and there's an original graphic yeah, novel series. Great creators. That Garth Ennis is writing. I mean, obviously Garth being you know, <clears throat> one of our own from Hollywood originally. Um, you know, obviously very famously done Preacher, done The Boys, done you know, legendary runs and the likes of Punisher and stuff like that. And he continues to churn out great titles. And then this is one that, again, we were talking earlier about original ways of releasing comics and graphics and so forth. And this is actually being solicited as an original graphic novel, volume one of two. Uh, this is called Out of the Blue, and is a uh, war-based title. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't understand why Aftershock doesn't sell well. There's great stuff in there. Well, this will sell to me, I think. I really, really <laughs> like the look of it. Mm. Yeah, artwork-wise, mm. it looks lovely, so it does. Um but uh, yeah, set during the Second World War. Uh, There's specifically something about planes that he likes too, isn't it? There's always seems to be like a war plane or something going on. Because there was, um, he had another Aftershock series, Dreaming, Dreaming Eagles. Eagles. Yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then his other Aftershock <laughs> title, which I'm still shocked never sold that well, was called Jimmy's Bastards, which was oh, basically yeah, James yeah. Bond. That's right. Um, but. James Bond had fathered children all over the world during his uh, many, many missions. And all of these were his bastards because they had no father and they all bound together to be his villain. <laughs> and this is on the first issue, but it was a brilliant title. But no, as I say, I mean, you can see just flicking through it here. I mean, Phil Hester writing for Aftershock. And Colin Bond, Colin Bond again, right? You can see Donny Cates with baby teeth. Marguerite Bennett with Animosity. Also has a walk, walk through, through hell. hell. I would yeah. say that's our one good aftershock <clears throat> pull title, is Walk Through Hell. But yeah, they've got a lot of good talent there, so that um, it might be a, a label worth um, jumping into. It could be even just like a maybe it does sell really well in America. We just don't know. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't come over here. I don't know. And then yeah. one I'll have to throw out there myself, just as you flick past it, um, Albatross Comics. Oh. The Return of the Goon. Oh, um, my apologies. So the Goon is a uh, Eric Powell creation. Uh, the Goon's been going for a long, long time. I mean, this is actually going to be the 20th anniversary of the Goon this year. And it's a creator-owned title. Eric Powell both writes and draws it. And he actually talks about this being a, a new series which will appeal to long-time Goon fans and new readers um, alike. So... I like that this will be a jumping on point for people. There's tons of great Goon back issues and um, a, a great back catalogue there, but this is going to be a new series. Perfect jumping on point. Albatross is one of those comic labels that don't do a lot of um, large print runs. 
Um, so these, this is definitely a title that you'll want to get um, on the pull list early to make sure that we can guarantee uh, it coming in. But so when they say he comes home, was it, who was he with? Uh, the he... Goon got outsourced from Albatross to, I think it was Oni Press, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now the rights seem to have reverted back to Eric Pyle. I think basically with the Goon, Eric Pyle was a uh, writer for Har. And now Albatross Comics is actually his label. Ah, okay. So he, yeah. um, the rights have now reverted back to him after a, a set period of time. So, uh, yeah, one I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to. Um, I just see there Blood Realm number four. I thought that was finishing in Science yeah, the um, It's a really good series, actually, from Alterna. That's um, one you're picking that's up yourself. A, it's a second series almost. Or like a new run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just saw it on the guy's um, social media the other day, Robert Geronimo. Mm-hmm. What a cool name! Um, but yeah, they they're they're definitely Geronimo. they're definitely doing another series. So it looks it's a very I my only problem with it is the art is so stunning. It's lost on that alterna newsprint thing, mm-hmm. and like okay, it's great because it's um, like one fifty or whatever, but his art is so detailed and meticulous that it deserves kind of deserves audience. a little like a it to me it deserves like a big european format mm-hmm. but like even it's it's oh, really reach hard out to him get him on the like, fracture press that's it <laughs> i'll take your comic that's what i'm thinking <laughs> i've already got enough to do alan <laughs> <laughs> well now you've even more to do um, I mean, now we, we go through the, the rest of the indie preview stuff. I mean, there's Archie comics, there's a new Sabrina title launching. Bit strange looking to me as it looks a bit more of a fluffy looks Sabrina so title cool. when you've mm-hmm. just launched The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix, which is where well, it's getting its popularity. You never know. It could, it could have like this kitschy, almost looking cover, but mm-hmm. like behind it, it could. No, no you're not. Don't feeling. see it. Don't see it. Um, Kelly Thompson writing, uh, Veronica Fish on art. That's going to be a cutesy Archie title, so? which is a no, shame because yeah. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is awesome. Yeah, fantastic uh, show. Haven't watched the show still, but just oh, the, the graphic is, yeah. is brilliant. And then after this, you sort of go into very specialist Aspen, stuff, Aspen Avatar, Comics, Avatar, Boundless, um, yeah. um, Black Mask, who... Black Mask. I haven't really heard from Black Mask in a while. No, Black Mask have had some good titles, but again, no one seems to pick them up. Four Kids Walk in the Bank was very good. Yeah. Um, and Beautiful Canvas, and We Can Never Go Home. We Can Never Go Home was brilliant, actually. And then Boundless, I don't know if anyone's into Acquired that sort of taste. thing. Yeah. Acquired um, taste. <laughs> moving on. I don't know, I think that probably will, you know, that will be us on the indie comic side so, of things. unless... Let me just see. Oh, sorry, Dynamic Forces. There are Dynamic three new forces, Batman 50 yeah. uh, covers that need to be purchased. Damn it. Well, there was... <laughs> where was I going to see? Well, there is Vault somewhere. Oh, sorry, I know you wanted to mention Land Oh, Force yes, as well. actually, yeah. Um, just the last one. Lionforge looked to be doing really well this month because they usually have, like, a page or two. Yeah. But now it's like, okay, there's... And I think it's on the inside front cover as well. Yeah, it's on the, the gem of the month. The number, like the big title for them, seems seems to be Stiletto Number One Officer Down, which is written and illustrated by Pally Schmidt, mm-hmm. um, who did a fantastic series called Thomas Alsop. 
really Excuse good me. boom series that yeah it looks like a fantastic had real uh, noir Constantine yeah. vibe to it uh, <clears throat> Lion Forge's proud to offer Stiletto the first entry in our new line of comics designed to bring a more fulfilling experience to a serialised single issue reading uh, it's also more expensive it's um, more expensive 48 pages. page 48 so yeah I'm excited to see what they do from there I'm definitely gonna, cool. definitely mm-hmm. adding that to my pull list um, and I definitely say get in store to have a look at those preview pages and they've also got one called Happy Haven seems to be an original graphic yeah looks so they're doing they're making moves I think and then there's there's they've got all the other stuff like yeah a couple the, of ones that are ongoing at the moment a few issues in and so forth and then I think that is us Oni Press too actually I take it back this morning in America <laughs> looks really really cool um, anything that is described as part Nancy Drew part Stranger Things part Sex Pistols <laughs> and Punk Rock this seems to be looking at uh, America in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, the art preview pages this look really, really sweet, I have to say. Uh, it's going to be a mini-series. Uh, I think it's four <laughs> issues. The cover is like a reverse they live. But yeah, yeah, it is, I yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, love, yeah, it. I just, love it. Like, if you yeah. just have a wee read of that wee part there. So the year is 1983. Great a, year. A series of disappearances afflicts Tucker, Ohio, following the opening of a mysterious new factory. But when the town finds itself under siege from a strange, from strange monsters, it's up to the intrepid girl gang of no account team delinquents to try and figure out what's happening and save everyone's lives before it's too late. I thought that just looked really funny. Even yeah, like like the yeah. font of the title looks very eighties, um, and then again, as you say, that reverse they live sort of cover looks nice. Um, but yeah, right. will we? I think put we're. A pin I, in it? I think we're going to call it there on the indie yeah. stuff. You know, I can see that. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, there's see one more thing. Well, one thing I was looking forward to. Star I bastard number didn't. one. Where's that? <laughs> oh, I see. Well, it's also a Scout title that I'm looking at, but um, I know I was. Uh, I don't know Wolfborn. if I got to talk about number one, but uh, Wolfborn number two is here, and it looks very, very good. <coughs> number one is on the pull list for you. Oh yeah, good <coughs> stuff. So yeah, that um, I think that. Draws, yeah, draws that'll, that'll, bring, my indie section, that'll probably yeah. bring to an end the uh, two hundred and seventy-two. Uh, so how, so how big are your customers' pull list going to be now? That's I tell you, you've no idea. <laughs> no, I mean, um, indie indie comics do well for us. You know, it's not just Image. It is Dark Horse. It is IDW. It is Dynamite. We do have a great variety of stuff that people sign up for, but. I have to once again stress the importance of if any indie title does appeal to you, please do try and get it on your pull list as early as possible because um, they never do big print runs. Indie comics rely on comic book stores generating interest for their titles, giving them an idea of what the popularity is. You know, Marvel and DC will always print extras of everything they do. Well, look at Walking Dead number one, for instance. Yeah, I mean, Walking Dead number one very small print run 6,000 issues there's probably about you know 2,000 left in the world now um, but yeah just indie stuff just always do your best to try and get those orders in nice and early um, because it's the only way of guaranteeing certainly first prints of those titles you know um, but yeah that'll, that'll bring an end to the uh, indie section I think that uh, Roddy's ready to fall asleep after all of that he's not oh, well my, bless him my voice my voice is a bit <laughs> it's worn out 
You did well. You did yeah, well. That's that's a good lad. That that's gonna bring us on to Marvel. And take it away, Keith, for Marvel. Uh, all right, uh, Marvel previews book in front of me here. Um, so uh, Marvel's very heavily pushing uh, in March the upcoming War of the Realms, which starts in April. Uh, Jason Aaron, Russell Dodderman, Matthew Wilson. That's you know Aaron and Dodderman are the Thor team, uh, and I Is guess Dodderman the artist. He has worked alongside Aaron on uh, Mighty Thor and Thor. Um, at various points so War of the Realms is coming uh, off the back of I think um, about uh, about a hundred issues or so of uh, of Thor um, many many years uh, Jason Aaron has been been reaching towards this um, through Mighty Thor and Thor it initially started as uh, Malekith the Dark Elf making this slow rampage across the Teln realms that uh, is about to blossom into a full-blown Marvel uh, blockbuster event complete with uh, an all-seeing Daredevil and Captain America riding a winged horse and Spider-Man um, punching a winged angel so uh, I say Jason R has been building towards this for his entire well, Thor run which well, is six years and 80 issues sorry to ask the question just quickly will this have anything to do with Donny Kidd's Venom I don't know. There's been references in Thor yeah, and Thunder. And there's been some the the references from between the the, the, the crossover between the Jason Aaron Avengers and Thor book and uh, Venom comes with the the God Butcher sword, which was the the God Butcher was the first arc whenever Aaron took over Thor mm. uh, back uh, six years ago, uh, about eighty issues back, um, and. It was there. There's a link between it and the origin of the symbiotes, yeah. uh, you know. So, I don't know that it will. I don't see Venom. Don't see Venom in I don't cover see art. Venom on that cover. Donny Kid's name is uh, gold, and, so I think they would put him in with us. Yeah, so. I'd say so. And I see everybody. I see Spider Man in there. I see Thor, uh, Daredevil. Um, there's uh, Hulk Captain and America. Luke Cage and Captain America and the Punisher and Wolverine and She Hulk and. Uh, so oh, Wolverine's uh, very cleverly concealed in the middle there, isn't it? Just there. So, <laughs> so yeah, an Iron Fist in there. So I don't, I don't see, uh, I don't, I don't see Venom. But uh, yeah, so it's been it's been building towards War of the Realms, and this obviously kicks off in April. Yeah. In the meantime, the Avengers are right in the middle of uh, of the War of the Vampires. Uh, I did notice Blade on the cover uh, of one of these yeah so uh, Blade nice. right there in the middle of the cover so uh, and that's what it says it's part 3 of the War of the Vampires um, one of the latest issues of Avengers I think it was about 12 or 13 ended with the Wasp uh, making her way into uh, Dracula's castle in Transylvania and fighting Blade uh, mm -hmm. chained up and that's what the that's what this says is uh, welcome to the Avengers Blade. Hope you survived the experience. Wow. Um, so looking forward to seeing Blade back. Very much got the Wesley Snipes look about him. From say, the, Wesley's uh, going to be pushing that Blade uh, movie reboot. Yeah, well, I mean, he was the original Marvel superhero in the in the in the oh, cinematic man. universe. So yeah, uh, looking forward to uh, looking forward to seeing that story arc kick off in Avengers. I guess this is March, so that'll be January. Yeah. Uh, and then. Uh, 
I guess Jason Aaron again I, I couldn't speak highly enough about him during our uh, Omnibus podcast mm-hmm. what he's doing on Thor what he's doing in Avengers and I think largely War of the Realms is a crossover between Thor the Thor book and, and the, the Avengers books and yeah. what he's been doing so so yeah uh, the final fate of Dracula the Avengers versus Ghost Rider Blade versus the shit fantastic stuff yeah, it's uh, throwing Dracula to any story you've got my attention yeah and again we've got the you know all of this stuff is banned in War of the Realms starts this April that's as Guardians of the Galaxy uh, yeah. which uh, I guess has kicked off have you read any of it? I haven't no uh, nothing at all nor I nor I I see Kid Loki in there and uh, and Throg Loki and the has a kid Loki was a kid Kid Loki uh, he, he spent during Kieran Gillen's run okay. just to cast her minds back to die a few minutes ago <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, he originally whenever he took over he was writing Journey into Mystery mm-hmm. and he made Loki into a child and he remained that way for a number of wow, years okay. um, yeah uh, even Thor's being put there as a prelude to yeah War well Thor Thor is Thor, one of my picks this month um, I guess uh, so it's, it's Thor I think the first rumbles of War of the Realms will come or are coming in Thor as I say, Malekith, the Dark Elf, and his forces have been uh, making this slow rumbling across the Telen realms. Uh, the uh, Asgard is no more, and the, the the Asgardian refugees are on Earth, being protected by Thor's mother, Lady Freya. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the Malekith's forces are growing bold, but the All Mother uh, won't have to protect Midgard alone, because here comes Thor and his loyal hound, Thori. Uh, again, another uh, another Kieran Gillen creation. Thori is uh, a murder dog. Uh, <laughs> I want to see a comic that is Thori versus Bathound. Thori's psychotics. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. I mean, I think with this, we're going to see if Thori's here. The last time we saw Thori was uh, in Thoriot alongside. Uh, Jane Foster, mm-hmm. uh, Jane Foster, who, uh, who, despite the uh, death of Lady Thor, Jane Foster did survive um, and continues her. Are you telling me somebody died in a comic <laughs> and yeah, they weren't actually that's, dead? That's what I'm telling you. Oh Jesus! Um, uh, she, she ended her run as as Thor uh, and returned to Earth to undertake her chemo. Um, you know, after she fought to protect the realms from Malekith. Uh, but she, she, the last time we saw Thori, <laughs> it was quite funny. It was, uh, she was walking down the road in the rain, and I don't know why everybody in New York was ignoring the fact that this woman's walking down the road in the rain, listening to the thunder with a talking dog that's talking about murdering people. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's Thori. Uh, but uh, the War of the Realms is coming, and the invasion starts here in Thor Eleven. Yeah. Uh, so uh, definitely, definitely worth definitely worth a look. Yeah. So straight on through, a lot of what I'm pulling out of the Marvels uh, the previews this month is Spider-Man related, because nice. uh, Spider-Man is essentially Marvel's Batman. So you were talking about Blade earlier about a guy who hasn't been seen in a while. Yep. Here's another one. Craven the Hunter. So so they've been they've been sort of teasing Craven since uh, Captain America. Since uh, Nick Spencer and Ryan Otley took over uh, Spider Man, and as you say, even further, yeah, going back to Captain America, six nine five. 
Yes, and that's interesting Never. what you what you point out is uh, Ryan Otley. Yeah. So anyway, Amazing Spider-Man 17 sees the start of Hunted, uh, which is the third act of uh, the Craven trilogy. Um, I think you could you could maybe uh, you could maybe say, but as uh, Roddy's just pointed out, it's not Ryan Otley on it. It's her, her, her Humberto Ramos uh, drawing, and there's a, a variant cover by Leno Francis. Very Shirley. much a you know veteran of Spider-Man comics. Yeah, so it seems that uh, Sergei Kravinov his minions have been kidnapping animal-themed characters for months. People like Scorpion, the Vulture, Rhino, Beetle, uh, the Lizard, uh, Black Cat, White Rabbit. Just Is that reading. Black Panther in the top right? Uh, corner? It looks like Black Panther in the top right, right corner. It's a really cool uh, yeah. cover, that. But there's one that he needs to add to his collection, and that's the spider. Um, so. Why doesn't he just go after Spider Woman instead? Should be easier. It should be. So, <laughs> I mean, the, the Humberto Ramos's art in this looks absolutely fantastic, but I guess. Um, I guess Craven the Hunter. He. He first sort of the, the 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 big story in which he appeared that he's he's known for is is Craven's last hunt, yeah. In which uh, in which Craven uh, captured Spider Man, drugged him, buried him, and for two weeks Craven took over as Spider Man. Um, he dressed as a spider, you know, dressed as Spider Man or whatever Spider Man. Is that literally it though? Did he have any of his abilities? No, no, no. He was just he was Craven. So he's just like walking down the street like. I'm Spider-Man. Yeah, well, he's a he's a fairly well-trained individual, you know. And he, he he acted as a vigilante. He acted as Spider-Man. And whenever uh, Spidey woke up and dug himself out of the ground and defeated him, uh, Craven ended up controversially putting a gun to his head and convincing himself. Uh, so Marvel's never been one to shy away from those uh, yeah. sorts of things. Uh, later, Craven was resurrected in the Grim Hunt storyline, which was part of Dan Slott's run. Because again, someone who died in the comic. Wasn't actually dead. Exactly. Uh, so, and that his family, um, Craven's family, uh, first revealing his daughter. It, we we'd already we already knew about Craven's son, uh, but for this reveal, his daughter and and his wife, uh, they orchestrated like a year long, uh, gauntlet for Spider Man of Spider Man's sort of most ferocious foes, sort of so, so as to wear Spider Man down, mm-hmm. uh, so Craven could sort of kill him and reclaim his his family's honour um, Spider-Man beat them in the end but the family remained sort of um, uh, abroad they remained at large uh, so this is this is the I guess could be considered the third act of that mm-hmm. that Craven trilogy so um, again all of these animal based heroes and villains uh, Craven has been hunting them and uh, I guess this is this is the start this is where this this comes in anyway so Hunted uh, will be starting in Amazing Spider-Man 17. Mm-hmm. Really looking forward to it. And then it's such a big arc that they even have a 17.8 HU. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that'll be a, a tie-in of some kind that I'll probably just ignore. <laughs> <laughs> Despite that rather beautiful cover. Uh, I'm not a Greg Land fan because he does trace a lot of for lack of a better term, porn stars. Mm-hmm. But I actually really like that cover of Black Cat and Spidey. Yeah, I think it's yeah. a lovely cover. Greg Land. But it's uh, interesting that yeah. it goes from 17 to 16.8 HU. That is interesting, yeah. That's a, that's a fair point. It's this, like a uh, step back almost. Yeah, it must be a, must be a prequel. Um, yeah. 
There you are. I've never really, I've never really had a lot of brick with these dot hu or dot. They, 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 yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah, um, yeah. Right through Spider Man eighteen. Uh, we've got a an Edge of Conan tie in next, um, or a, or a spin off. There's they're, they're really killing it, it hard. Conan, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. There's Teeny Hard again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, continue and uh, yeah, with Savage, Savage Sword and Conan the Barbarian again. Jerry Dugan on Savage Sword. Jerry Dugan and Ron Garney on Savage Sword. Lovely Alex Ross covers. Alex yeah. Ross. Uh, and Conan the Barbarian, which will be the initial title, which will be launching this month. Am I right? It's this week. Yeah. Yep. Is uh, that a Greg Smallwood? Greg Smallwood cover. Alternative cover. Um, wow. And that. Uh, you know, Conan the Barbarian seems to be focusing on the the King Conan side of things. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was supposedly the unmade movie after Conan the Barbarian, Conan the Destroyer. Ah, supposed nice. to be King Conan was supposed to be next. Uh, they're right in the middle of Avengers: No Road Home, the uh, ten part weekly series by Al Ewing, Mark Wade, Jim Zub. Well, this um, was something I wanted to ask you about because I remember when Avengers did No Surrender. Mm-hmm. That was the main Avengers title, but they seem to be going big on this, where you've got <clears throat> Avengers on its own and Avengers. Yeah, well, home. you see, I had thought that they were they were putting uh, Jason Aaron's Avengers on hold, on hold yeah, uh, when this is on, but it doesn't seem to be because I mean, Avengers seems to be going straight from War of the Vampires into War of the Realms. Yeah, uh, I guess, but that that seems to be, and then. Avengers we No Road <laughs> Avengers No Road Six and Seven. We have uh, certainly issue six. Welcome to the Hyborian Age, Wanda Maximoff. We hope you survive the experience, just like Blade earlier. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, this is an extra long Conan epic where Conan crosses over with the with the Avengers. Um, yeah. So that's Jason Aaron, who's yeah. writing the Avengers, and Conan, who's not writing Avengers No Road Home, but they're crossing Conan in here anyway. Um, and you got this Marvel Tales. Now, this is something I didn't massively know about until this week, and it's something I have actually, you know, taken a copy for myself. So Marvel Tales featuring are basically large size comics that are reprints of classic tales. Mm-hmm. So this week came out was Marvel Tales featuring Fantastic Four, and it included a reprint of Fantastic Four number four, a reprint of Fantastic Four, I think it was annual number six, and then it was Fantastic Four or something like issue 240 or whatever like that. But it included stories by Stan Lee or by Jack Kirby. Just beautiful, beautiful editions. And they seem to be doing this. Obviously, Marvel is celebrating this year its 80th year. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of celebration, a lot of um, regards for their history. And um, the first one to come out, as I say, was Fantastic Four. And it is a beautiful issue. But there seems to be a new one every month now, Marvel Tales featuring. Mm. And then that's what it is. I mean, if you look down here, it says, you know, writers, Stanley, Larry Lieber, who's Stanley's brother, Walter Simonson, uh, you know, you've got art, John Buscema, Walter Simonson, Jack Kirby. Oh yeah, it's all, it's all reprints. Um, That's it, but they're beautiful, beautiful editions. They are. And uh, Marvel Tales is an old Marvel title. That's where, um, actually, was the first, they first, it used to be, used to be Marvel Tales flip books and different things. And that's where they first, they first told the tale of Weapon X and different things as well. So it's again a nice, you know, reverence for the past. Yeah, yeah. And a part of Marvel's def- definitely a part of Marvel's celebrations for their eightieth year. Yeah, for sure, for so. sure. I hadn't, uh, I hadn't even focused in on that. That's a, that's an interesting one. I'll maybe, I'll maybe pick that up. Oh, uh, this is the one. Yeah, another yeah. another Spider Man. <laughs> uh, if you had to break it down to one that's going on the board this month, would this be your Marvel? One? It's possible. It's I possible. Think it's true. Um, 
I mean, it's it's a great concept. It's by it's uh, a great cover by Chip Zdarsky and Mark Bagley. Uh, Mark is Bagley is one of my uh, yeah, yeah one of my favorite uh, favorite Marvel artists from back in his Thunderbolts days. Yeah. Um, so the the gist of this um, is that so this is Spider Man spin life Spider Man life story number one of six. Um, and this so one a, is the sixties. It is. It's a six-issue limited series. It seems to be covering uh, again like a, a decade mm-hmm. at a time, um, and and yeah, and that, that's pretty much it. It's it's we t- we talked during the uh, the our omnibus two thousand eighteen podcast about we mentioned yeah, uh, elastic time yeah Marvel's elastic time how uh, how Peter Parker was a, a 15, 16 year old kid and. In 1962, and now in 2018, he's uh, probably in his uh, mid early mid 30s. Uh, you know, and <laughs> at various <laughs> at various at various times has uh, you know seems time seems to expand and contract. It's elastic. Time's yeah. elastic. So you know he spends uh, a very short amount of time in university, but you know a lot of time getting there. <laughs> You know that sort of thing. You know what I mean, and you know, so time doesn't the necessarily. Education process is terrible. Yeah. So, so, uh, and that's exactly what it says. And in, in 1962, Amazing Spider-Man 15, 15 year old Peter Parker was been by a radioactive spider and became the Amazing Spider-Man. Fifty-seven years have passed in the real world since that since that event. So, what would have happened if the same amount of time passed for Peter as well? A special high-end limited series as part of a celebration of Marvel's 80th anniversary. Spider-Man Life Story combines the talents of Chip Zdarsky, uh, we know him as the writer of Spectacular Spider-Man and the fantastic Marvel 2 And world. the artist on Sex Criminals. And the artist on Sex Criminals. Uh, Mark Bagley, uh, known for Amazing Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man, Thunderbolts, he's a, he's a, a Marvel stalwart, has been for years. He did the Venom series recently, didn't he? Yes, he did, yeah, absolutely. He seemed to be gone for a while and now he's back. So they're telling the entire history of Spider-Man from beginning to end, set against key events of uh, the decades that he lived through. Um, so in this issue which is the 60s Flash Thompson who famously was Peter Parker's bully at high school or uh, you know is drafted to serve in Vietnam and you know Spider-Man who always has to weigh his power and his responsibility has to look at what his responsibility is with regard to this this war which as we know was a controversial war uh, you know a war that America should never have been involved in sort of thing yeah. you know whenever you look back on it but uh, great cover by Zdarsky uh, Spider-Man web liner in the back of a Chinook helicopter uh, <laughs> you know uh, flying in um, I guess full metal jacket or Apocalypse Now style yeah um, yeah so it's it's interesting it's interesting stuff um, Bagley's art looks like a real throwback as well to the 60s looks like they're yeah, there's a couple of good uh, preview pages. Again, always pop into the store, have a flick through the yeah. previews catalogs. But I mean, this to me, one, it's good to see what Chip Zdarsky's doing now that they've signed him exclusively to Marvel. And this seems like a big deal. And two, I mean, I waxed lyrical about it in the pre uh, the last podcast. This looks like a companion piece to Marvel's to me. Yeah, it really does. And that yeah. it's going to go through history. It's going to show these characters at historical events. I know Marvel's is more about, you know, that historical characters events within watching the Marvel, Marvel universe. Historic, yeah. But mm. there's something about this that just screams Marvel's. I mean, it might even just be the simplicity of that cover. You're going to have six issues. You're going to have the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. 
Yeah. I already worked that out in my head. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I was counting on my fingers. I saw Keith move his fingers there and I thought, I counted this up about a minute ago just yeah. to check. But no, this this looks fantastic. It's a brilliant concept. And I totally, totally expect Chip Zdarsky to pull this home. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised just based on concept alone if we're talking about this at the end of the year. Brilliant. Some of the best yeah, and hoping uh, for more, more Marvel life stories. Not just by yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about like, I don't know, Fantastic Four maybe. Well, it's like I, I was saying before when I read Marvels, the the edition Keith lent me. It had a Stanley sort of blurb in it where he said, "I can't believe no one thought about doing this for the Marvel universe before. Yeah. It's so fresh and unique." So I I wholeheartedly agree with that. I mean, what's to say you won't have a you know Fantastic Four life story, a X Men life story? A, yeah, you know. There's- Captain America life story, although he was frozen for eight years. Uh, <laughs> but still, six, six issues of <laughs> But still, he was found in the sixties, yeah. so he's been about for you know sixty years, whatever. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. But I think the concept's very strong. I think yeah. so, and it's a great team. Uh, Kamala Khan's back. The yeah. Magnificent Mrs. Marvel. Uh, Salad and Ahmed writing from Eyes Black Bolt. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, from yeah. Black Bolt and Exiles. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's she's really really doing well um, as a character I think they've um, he might be exclusive to them now he, I know he still does uh, yeah. his indie titles and he wrote a fantastic book called The Throne of the Crescent Moon and I think that's what got him to Marvel right um, okay really really great book um, but yeah he's like he's a writer I would follow so it'd be I'd be interesting there you that. go maybe Magnificent Ms. Marvels for you yeah, could be could um, be a tough act to follow G. Wilson G. Will Wilson's run on that though uh, her Miss Marvel was pretty damn great Meet the Scrolls looks kind of interesting issue 1 and 2 of 5 um, which seems to follow the Warners who are a typical family the dad works at Stark mom's a uh, works in a senator office Jennifer and Tony Alice Stark has overlooked the suspicious looking you know person who works in his building well there's Scrolls that there's can shape shift they're not suspicious looking know a there's person a that works shark. in his building <laughs> <laughs> so this standard American family <laughs> Uh, even just the name meet the scrolls for some reason the first thing yeah. in my mind was meet the parents yeah yeah or meet the smiths or meet the yeah, yeah uh-huh. uh so they're shape-shifting scrolls who've infiltrated our society and to pave the way for a scroll invasion so that uh, sounds brilliant uh, <laughs> really does. covers are great yeah. i mean yeah. Marco, it's marco smartin isn't it uh yep yeah, yeah. covers who you know we talked about in the uh end of year podcast about um best covers and one of them was Marcus yeah. Martin's second print and Baron for uh, Spider-Man Mrs. Spider-Man 801 where he's just like swinging away oh, so that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, Robbie Thompson who was on Spider-Man Deadpool sort of crossover so it's going to be fairly tongue-in-cheeky I would say in fact issue 2 Madison Warner's uh, latest latest uh, mission brings her to the most dangerous place imaginable a slumber party if she can get the intel she needs and get out undetected, she betters the scrolls invasion chances and dooms humanity. Win win. All through this, her dad Carl faces Iron Man himself at his job at Stark Industries. So, a normal week for the Warriors. Sounds really interesting. Yeah. And a wee five issue miniseries as well. So it's just you know, someone will have a finite Captain ending. Marvel. Um, Let's move on to Cosmic, Cosmic Ghost Rider, Rider destroys, destroys Marvel the Marvel history. Universe, or the, the, the Marvel history. So yeah. This is a bit controversial. I, this I, is, <laughs> I mean, I can't believe that I'm about to defend the Marvel title against Mr. Marvel, but... Go for it. So This well, sounds did, awesome to me. Keith did defend uh, a DC title against you, so it's well. unfair that... So Fair Cosmic point. Ghost Rider has got 
He was introduced so, a couple of years ago. Absolutely. So Cosmic yeah. Ghost Rider was introduced in Thanos number 13, Donny Cates' uh, creation. Cosmic Ghost Rider is Frank Castle. Um, Cosmic Ghost Rider was a five-issue miniseries last year, one of our was favorites. Great. Yeah. Just great fun, over the top. I understand what Keith's concern is about this. He's worried that Cosmic Ghost Rider could become the new Deadpool. But in a sense, they're going to hammer it home. Yeah, in a yeah. sense, just overexposed. You know, they're um, he's going to be in everything. But they did a Deadpool destroys the Marvel so, or uh, kills something uh, or kills the Marvel whatever it was. Yeah. Or kills the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Yeah. Two of those, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. But I never this read. one, I thought the blurb sounded really interesting for this because it fits in with what Cosmic Ghost Rider was. So Cosmic Ghost Rider was. Him going back in time to kill baby Thanos to stop, you know, all the horrible atrocities happening because I'll kill baby Thanos. But instead he just punches him in the face. And tries to raise him. <laughs> but in this, um, the first issue that seems to be that he ends up uh, in New York City in the 60s. For the, birth of, for the, birth, of the, for the birth of Fantastic Four. Four. And he can't help himself but get involved in this somehow. Mm -hmm. I, again, I, I just like the... I love alternate history stories and... I love the idea of this being an alternate history of the Marvel Universe. Where See, Cosmic Ghost Rider hasn't quite fitted into the Marvel Universe as... So everything seems but, just to be a wee bit left of... But he's not in the main Marvel Universe. I mean, if you look at Cosmic Ghost Rider, that was an alternate universe where he didn't kill Baby Thanos, but he raised Baby Thanos. And then Baby Thanos ended up becoming, like, Punisher Thanos, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was an alternate history, so I don't see this affecting the main canon. In yeah, way. no, I, I, I mean, I know that. It's a lot yeah. of fun. I, I guess, and, and I, I think issues. maybe, I think maybe what's ragged me about it as well is the, the, the marketing thing where they released the one sheets a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Who is responsible for Spider Man picking up the, picking up the suit again after No More Spider Man? Who is oh. responsible for? Uh, saving saving Dark Phoenix. Who is responsible for? you know when I was like yeah. what? it all makes sense yeah this is and then it was this and I was like ah balls well, the only thing that slightly concerns me about it is no Donny Cates I think no I Donny saw Cates. that um, there was a lot of ill will like with people online saying that they weren't going to read it because it wasn't Donny Cates mm, well there's that too and so there's a lot of yeah, sort of I don't know who there's the other the two it's two writers isn't there's it? always going to be a point in any character's history in comics where someone takes the battle it's got it's like in a you year know, it's got big enough to like you know Tom King did not create Batman before yeah. him Scott Schneider did not create Batman before him well, Grant Morrison there's always going to be a baton passing moment where a creator um, you know invents a new hero that they have to step away from and go look I don't have time to write this but you yeah. guys have a great idea you go with it and it's probably never happened that quickly with a character yeah, before today, I would agree so. with that I would agree with that it, it has turned around very quickly but the blurb for it I thought sounded great yeah. and I think it sounds very in line with the Cosmic Ghost Rider miniseries so I'll look forward to that anyway uh, so next up we've got uh, Edge of X-Man now I was initially quite excited about this as part of the uncanny X-Men run great to see uh, X-Man Nate Grey one of my favourite characters yeah. back uh, turns out he's the antagonist of the piece Oh, okay. Uh, but Marvel are pushing this quite hard. Yeah, they are. Um, and what Lots they've done. Pages yeah, this. what they seem to have done is similar to what they did when Age, with Age of Apocalypse, where with Age of Apocalypse they they cancelled all of the X titles uh, and launched alternative versions of them mm -hmm. for 
four or five months. Mm-hmm. Uh, so oh, is that all the blue and no, red no, stuff no, no, no. It was at the time they had. Uh, well, it's a it's a long story, yeah. <laughs> so I'll not go yeah. into it. But they seem to have done something similar here. X Man was a product of Edge of Apocalypse, and now we have Edge of X Man. So what goes around comes around, I guess. Um, so what they seem to have done is they seem to have launched four or five months of alternative titles Edge of X-Man The Marvelous X-Men Edge of X-Man Prisoner X which seems to follow an alternative Lucas, Lucas Bishop uh, Edge of X-Men Next Gen Edge of X-Man Apocalypse and the Extracts um, Edge of X-Man The Amazing Nightcrawler Edge of X-Man Extremists There's 30 um, issues right there and I am not buying 30 issues of a story that's going to come to an end I just I'm not I'm not going to go do it. <laughs> are you now, convincing us or yourself? Yeah, or? I don't know. Tim Seeley's in there as a writer. Ed Breeson. Is it different creative you know. teams for each title? Yeah, or? it is. Yeah. It is. So I don't know what to do with it. Um, but right now, I'm not down with it. Turn yeah. the page on. That's yeah. what you want to do. But uh, what I am down with is another Spider-Man title with a wee <laughs> bit of a with a wee bit of a difference and that is, is that the suit from the game? That is the suit from yeah. the game. And that is uh, There's yeah. a Spider-Man game. There is the Spider-Man PS4 <laughs> game, so I'm not normally a big fan of uh, like computer gamey type or movie type spin-offs, but the world that they created in the Spider-Man PS4 game was uh, the world of Spider-Man that we know, but it was a little bit different. It was yeah. a little bit so. This is Marvel's. Was it, was it same same but different? <laughs> it could have been. Uh, this is Marvel's Spider-Man City of War uh, number one. It's a it's a six issue limited series by uh, Dennis Hopeless. Um, and it follows, uh, it follows the arc of the Spider-Man of the game. So I mean, I don't know. You you've been playing yeah, the game. Yeah, I finished the main game. I haven't done any of the DLC. Yeah. So so this this follows that that hero. You know, the the game picks up with a Spider-Man who has been Spider-Man for about five years, I think. Yeah. And he's under the tutelage of uh, Doctor Otto Octavius. Uh, who seems to be going slightly mad? <laughs> <laughs> Just ever since, you know. Uh, Norman Osborn is the mayor of New York City. Uh, yeah, they've they've definitely put their own slant on it. They have with put their own slant characters, on it. you know, yeah. but. Yeah, Just exactly. Not quite Just the same. exactly, and it's it's great. It really isn't it. It pulls a lot of stuff from Dan Slott's run, Mister Negative, and well, he was a co-writer on it. Yeah, so um, so this is set in that. The, what that world so it's nearly like an ultimate Spider-Man sort of a dealio you know mm-hmm. except with that Spider-Man with that new suit and is this going to be a continuation from the end of the game or is it like a side story within the game uh, it will retell the events of the game while expanding upon previously on the scene moments oh, okay. from its story mm-hmm. and it's also going to provide I think behind the scenes content from the video games production which is maybe a wee bit less interesting um, the the Marvel Games uh, executive creative director Bill Roseman he said that while creating the game the team's goal was to pay homage to Spider-Man's sort of rich rich history whilst also shaking things up to keep keep it interesting for uh, for players uh, and now we're going to see that that come full circle with the game which was based on the comic coming back to be a comic yeah you know, <laughs> you know all so. comes back to the yeah comics. so kind of kind of interested it it seems to pick up um after spidey has put away the kingpin and mr negative becomes a thing and he's back with mary jane and you know so yeah i'm really looking forward to uh to seeing what this is like 
yeah. Be, you gotta, you gotta love be, how they marketed yeah. as press start on a brand new Marvel universe. Nice. Oh well, no, yeah, I have noticed that. <laughs> good for you, good eyes. Um, so I'm intrigued, but a little bit worried because I don't just want the retelling of the game. I agree, but I agree. I good writer though. I have enough. Was... I definitely have enough faith in them that what's, there'll be loads of cool what's this? I mean, obviously this is an audio medium, not a visual one. But what's this on the bottom of his foot? This looks very important to me. Is there something within the game that tells what those are? I the 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 the, the suit on the on the cover, which is a lovely Clayton Clayton Crane, Crane, Crane cover, Crane. was the it was the it was the suit of the game, and honestly, I was just keen to get into the Spider Man suit or the Scarlet Spider suit or the Iron <laughs> Spider suit. I hardly wore that at all. Not I'm just quite. curious. Yeah. It's, just, it's not usually something you see in the design of Spider Man. Yeah, no, it's not. It I definitely think it's isn't. for wall running. I don't. I know. don't know. Yeah, no. I don't know. It didn't. It doesn't seem to need it. Um, uh, anyway, uh, Captain America, <laughs> Tanahisi Coates, and Adam Kubert um, continuing their fine work. Yes, uh, on Captain of Nothing. This seems to be. We seem to be heading towards a point where Captain America is in jail. Um, uh, no costume, no shield. Trapped behind bars with a thousand villains and killers who like nothing more to see him dead. Steve Rogers fights back, and he can do that all like day. <laughs> so looking forward to to that uh chip zadarsky uh on invaders first In issue launch i mean again recording on the third of january first issue launches in the next week or two mm -hmm. invaders so uh, i have always loved invaders that sort of pulp world war Two, yeah. you know captain america namor the submariner uh, Submariner, sorry. Nice uh, to see Namor. Yeah, like, they're, they're, especially with the 80th there was an, anniversary. A like. wonderful, wonderful. I've said to Keith about this. I've thrown in my copies of uh, the Best Defense. Mm -hmm. So it was this four issue. It was kind of a mini series. Sorry, five issue. Kind of a mini series where there were four one shots focusing on the original defenders, mm -hmm. which were Hulk, Silver Surfer, uh, Doctor Strange, and Namor. And there's a one shot that focuses on each of those and then a one shot that ties it all together. Um, it only came out in the last few weeks. One of the most interesting things about it was that the four one shots you could read in any order. Oh, nice. Because yeah. I read one and went, crap, that came out this week. There was one came out last week and then I opened it up and there was a checklist, but it said it's going to be read in any order. Um, but um, the one shot for Namor was written by Chip Zdorsky, mm -hmm. who's ah. obviously then doing Invaders. Mm -hmm. And it was... I mean, I the main reason I read it was because I'm a big Silver Surfer fan. Yeah. But I actually think I enjoyed the Namor issue the most. And it's interesting because Namor is the only character <coughs> that is a member of the Defenders and of the Invaders. He was a member of the Invaders mm. back in the '40s, and then became yeah. a member of Doctor Strange's Defenders later on. So, uh, and originally the, the the Invaders also included the original Android Human Human Torch, mm. uh, Jim Hammond and. Toro and Spitfire and the original Union Jack and all that good stuff. A lot of them film, a lot of them featured in the original Captain America movie and the, yeah. the jail scene. So now obviously Bucky is Wonder Soldier and uh, it seems like Namor may be the bad guy. In fact, in Jason Aaron's Avengers recently, Namor has shown that he's ready to he is he's ready to take on the surface world again. He's very much uh, Prince of Atlantis. Uh, he's ready to he's ready to to take on the surface world. He's formed uh, a team of underwater. Uh, he doesn't see them as super villains, but you yeah, know, they're a wee bit super villainy. They got that we we sniff of that about them. Um, <laughs> so, are you just explaining the plot of Aquaman? Uh, 
with Ocean Master. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, with the yeah. hero, with the hero of the book, uh, taking it, on the. It is yeah. interesting. Oh, I yeah. said this to Keith earlier when yeah. I was reading that Namor one shot. It was hard to differentiate it from. Aquaman. Uh, yeah, I suppose the, the difference is that that uh, Namor is a real arsehole. Yeah, uh, you know he he changes between really hating the surface world and being a hero to the surface world the first time you ever see him in comics he's fighting the human torch yeah, uh, yeah. you know what I mean he's, in Marvel yeah yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's he's like strange but he's so intriguing yeah, I think that's is. what makes him yeah, so intriguing yeah, exactly or he's in love with uh, Sue Storm or he's helping the Fantastic Four or he's, so unlike Aquaman who's always a good guy yeah. Uh, yeah. Namor and it looks like an invaders Namor is actually the bad guy yeah, and uh, this by the by the looks of it, and he was certainly going that way in Jason Aaron's uh, Avengers, um, Immortal Hulk, uh, another Alex Ross cover. Um, Immortal Hulk is just fantastic. I don't need to talk about it because I talked about it a lot. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> Covers continue to be beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and the story is just fantastic. It's it's, it's still going strong. It's horror. It's one uh, of our biggest pulls for Marvel is Mortal Hulk yeah. because people are attracted to the idea of Hulk being a monster rather than yeah, you know, funny, the, the, the modern funny. perception of Hulk is probably Thor Ragnarok and Avengers he's almost slightly mm. comedic relief mm -hmm. and in this he's a pure monster there's yeah. an issue in that Mortal Hulk run where he just beats the absolute crap out of every single member of the Avengers <laughs> it's absolutely wonderful um, there's another more Alex Ross covers there a lovely variant of him dropping down onto the Nevada desert um, are they all Alex Ross? Yeah, Alex yeah, Ross has done the covers that's the other thing I mean he's yeah, even yeah. doing variant covers a variant like of Alex yeah, Ross clearly yeah, loves exactly uh, Hulk number 15 here uh, features uh, Dr. Leonard Simpson the gamma powered uh, therapist uh, in the background uh, so Dr. Samson is a Doc Samson is a gamma mutating part time superhero uh, who recently came back from the dead uh, he's been wanting to discuss that with uh, an old patient of his but he's not here to see Bruce Banner take a seat in the couch Immortal Hulk it's going to be quite the session <laughs> so is this interesting that they're doing like the 25th anniversary of just Marvels, Marvels. in general with yeah these, yeah these so these so, and obviously the yeah, edition so that's exactly it. it's celebrating that that you know, and there's a, there's going to be a number of covers that are, uh, I say, 25th anniversary Alex Ross covers. Yeah. I think there's about six of them throughout. If you could grab every one of them for me, I'm good with it. I'll do what I can. Do what I can. Yeah. Uh, one that Vicky was really interested, the Incredible Hulk, the uh, number one eight one facsimile edition, which was the original, uh, the original first appearance of uh, Wolverine in a battle between Hulk and the Wendigo. There's just something, obviously, I've got the statue of Hulk and Wolverine, so it's always been something that I want to read, and and to get an original copy, like, a raw one, it'll probably be a couple of hundred pound, but see if you're looking at a CGC one, I think I looked, when we were in London Comic Con, there was a 5.5, and you're looking at three and a half grand, and I was like... Yeah, you can just take that back. Yeah, yeah let me grab that $3.99 reprint. Yeah, so yeah, definitely. It's just, I just want to see where, sort of, like, obviously you guys have seen this, you see the statue every time you come around ours to do the podcast, and the statue is just an amazing thing of beauty, and I just want to see where the... Um, it came from. Yeah, yeah, so I just, like, my number Wolverine comes, like... It's a, the funny thing is, in that, in that series, and for the entire... Uh, first few years that Wolverine was around, he came across as a real tosser. 
Well, so no different from yeah. modern day Wolverine. I, I suppose that's probably what Wolverine always is, but just I don't know what it. Is. I know he really comes across as a real uh, dick. Like, I'm, no, I'm really intrigued to read this. <laughs> I love the cover. Herb Herb Trump is uh, yeah very old school Marvel name. Oh yeah, big Maybe style, big But I I love that. That's fantastic stuff. Uh, facing that and there's uh, Hulk Marines. Yes, folks, that is a combination of Hulk and Wolverine. <laughs> Moving along, um, yeah, uh, Iron Man, Dan Slot. It still has so far failed to really, uh, really set me on fire so far, which is a wee bit disappointing. Consider Dan Slot, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but when he's got crap characters to work with, as far as oh, easy, Tiger, easy. Um, <laughs> it's no Silver Surfer. It's all I'm saying. Um, and then they've got this uh, twenty twenty approaches a. Uh, it's a, a full page advert a full page Again, teaser I go back to the confidence of Marvel in their previous books I mean they started um, advertising War of the Realms two to three months early mm-hmm. 80th anniversary early I mean we've literally just entered 2019 yeah and this is what's what, what, I'm, what I'm enjoying about this is there was a, a thing I mentioned to you there was a, an Iron Man character uh, an alternate version of Iron of, of Tony Stark's brother Arno Stark mm-hmm. uh, who was a young a young man um, I think it was Arnold Stark, and he was he no, it's not. Um, he was Iron Man twenty twenty, and he had these uh, really distinctive uh, shoulder pieces that looked like these big cogs that are the zeros of the twenties. Uh-huh. Um, I'll I'll show you a picture whenever we get a chance, but I think that's what that's talking about. Iron Man oh, twenty twenty. Okay. I think it's going to be part of of something. <clears throat> uh, Marvel's oh, annotated, which we're really, I think, all looking forward to. What I like about <coughs> it in this month's previews is it looks like a regular size comic. Um, <laughs> it does. You know, based, based on the cover, I think it looks like a regular size mm-hmm. deluxe issue, squarebound issue, rather than last month we weren't sure is this going to be Batman Damn size, is yep. going to be magazine size. Based on the dimensions, just of the cover, mm-hmm. I'm really hoping it's, it's just good. regular square bound uh, size. It is 104 pages. 104 <laughs> pages of greatness. And it says collecting Marvel's number two, so that'll be Marvel's number two plus completely remastered with extras. Um, well, I think one of them, issue one, probably is going to contain Marvel's issue zero, and issue one. Yeah, the first one is. Yeah. Uh, I believe. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, Venom. Uh, Donny Cates, Ryan Stegman. It's been one of the. It was one of the, the the breakout titles, I think, for Marvel last year. I'm still on it, still loving it. Um, Eddie Brock is currently going through a nightmare of his own, where there's no longer a voice. Uh, the the symbiote is just a costume. It's mm-hmm. no longer the voice in his head. He's lost his other. Uh, the other has, uh, I guess. Uh, well, I don't. I, w- I won't spoil it for anybody because it's our our previous podcast. Um, but yeah, so um, Eddie Brock is dealing with that, the loss of his other, plus uh, the cancer that once almost consumed him is now ravaging his body again. So Eddie's going to go back to visit the Maker, who uh, was at the start of this this arc. The Maker is the Ultimate Universe edition, uh, the evil, twisted Ultimate Universe edition of Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's going back to to visit him. Um, We've got a Spider-Man Far From Home prelude, one of two. I have no interest in it. Uh, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the movie, but these uh, these movie tie-in preludes just don't do anything for me at all. Um, the first issue of Salad and Ahmed's Miles Morales Spider-Man was fantastic. 
Oh really? Really oh, wow. enjoyed it. Um, so is that the first time someone's written Miles Morales? It's not Bendis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, within his own title, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so yeah, pretty cool. Um, Spider-Man, Deadpool can go jump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I suppose if you like it, you like it, but not and for he's me. On that title. Oh, poor, is he? Yeah, those poor Deadpool fans. Yeah, no. Well, they can sort themselves out. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, the first issue of Superior Spider-Man by Christos Gage, which follows um, uh, Otto Octavius, yeah. uh, follows Spider-Geddon, yes, uh, uh, sequentially, but the story follows Otto Octavius, who uh, formerly was the man we know as Dr. Octopus, mm-hmm. and following, uh, following a rather long and uh, twisted history, he uh, found himself in a body that was a combination of his DNA and Peter Parker's DNA uh, so he's now um, he's now taken on a, an alternative identity he's in San Francisco he's uh, trying <laughs> why did they all go to San Francisco <laughs> do I think it's San Francisco yeah because there was a part where there was a part in Marvel storytelling where Daredevil ended up in San Francisco yeah and Iron Man ended up in San Francisco it's almost like they decided let's go to New York well, uh, yeah yeah that's right the, the, the superior the superior together. Iron Man and Daredevil ended up there yeah, that's right so, uh, so the superior Spider-Man, Doc, Doc Ogg, it's not Doc Ogg, it's Otto Octavius, and this new body and this new identity is back to being the superior Spider-Man where he has decided that he will... Any bum. Where, where he has decided that, uh, that he will be... Just exactly that—a superior hero to what Spider-Man, yeah. who that Spider-Man has ever been, using oh, much nice. more, uh, much more direct methods, much uh, top-class sign. Like the suit that, the yeah, suit that with the legs, yeah. 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 He's got the it's big, the big, yeah. So okay. he's using all. So he's he's really too to the point. He doesn't worry about having to balance his life with his superhero life because he just uses his time more effectively than Peter Parker ever did you know he's a he's really uh, he's a again a real a real dick but a really good story uh, so really enjoyed that first issue of that that was very very good Friendly Neighbourhood Spider-Man by Tom Taylor isn't out yet first one's out first one's next week or yeah so, so uh, Tom Taylor is uh, again after that Batman annual uh, sign me up for this yeah, absolutely wonderful. there's uh, Marvel Comics Presents another one of those sort of dealios um, Fantastic Four, great stuff. Um, I really I read the wedding issue uh, last night. Uh, that was a wedding issue. Uh, it was really good, really enjoyable. That's, yeah, you enjoy yeah, your yeah, happy yeah. ending while it lasts, as opposed <laughs> to the midpoint in a hundred issue story. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Sorry, Keith's about to start collecting Fantastic Four number five and all its variants. <laughs> so that was uh, I'm really enjoying this series I'm not uh, bitter at all Batman 50 it it did everything I wanted it to it set up the next 50 issues so I'm not bitter at all I'm very happy with Batman 50 alright but all I'm saying is if you want a wedding issue, <laughs> <laughs> got issue. I've got about 25 <laughs> copies of that wedding issue if you want so Dan Slott where he's not set me on fire with Tony Stark he really is doing yeah, so he's with, knocking uh, out the park with Fantastic with Four. Fantastic Four so really really enjoying it it's um, almost like he suits the cosmic stuff I know obviously he wrote Spider-Man for so many years but just with the Silver Surfer on alone his mm. cosmic stuff is fantastic yeah he's uh, uh, really good and he's really got the he's really got the characters of the, the four you know and he's really got the the family and 
you know the the wedding issue had a there's a wee bit of development in there you know Sue and uh, and Reed are the 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 old married couple they're they're yeah. secure in their relationship Ben and Alicia have have, uh, have just had their yeah. yeah and there's Johnny he's he was you know the best man or one of the best men going but I'm a I'm just a, I'm a screw up you know yeah he's been through the mill you know he's never been able to hold on to a girl he actually almost married Alicia Alicia himself he you know um so yeah so that was kind of a kind of a thing uh but yeah great issue great book um Killmonger he's got his own series after uh, that's the end of that after Black Panther um yeah. Daredevil I'm wondering if the man without is the name of Zdarsky's first arc because the first time they solicited this it said no K-N-O-W fear no fear mm-hmm. but now this says the man without but I love that they're still being cryptic about it so this they're isn't the third script. issue this isn't the third issue of the man without fear no 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 this is the, new, this is the third issue of Sadarsky's run right okay so and it's just the man without yeah so I'm curious if this is the name of the arc or they're still being so cryptic about it they haven't put one uh, blurb about it mm-hmm. not one um idea of sort of story ideas at all so the cover is literally just a enigmatic figure walking away looks like a gun in his hand looks like a gun in his hand footsteps walking away it almost looks like he's walking footsteps Mm -hmm. of blood as well yeah oh hidden gem very cover but john ramita jr look at those eyes is it is it the man is it you know is it the man without obviously the man without fear is it the man without sight is it the man without powers yeah uh, you know I don't know cool uh, Rosenberg continues on uh, Punisher uh, Frank uh, is on his way to Bagelia which is the super villain uh, nation yeah. uh, led by Baron Zemo and he's after Zemo's head uh, I doubt that Zemo's uh, going to go down without a fight it's been very good so far Punisher's yeah been Punisher's awesome. been fantastic um, Old yeah, Man really. Quill also there hasn't been launched yet but I love the idea of uh, Doctor Doom in the background there and Ethan Sachs is on it um, yeah that's uh, that could be interesting I don't know it does it feature in the same universe as Old Man Hawkeye and Old so, Man yeah, Logan yeah. doesn't matter because it's on the other side of the universe uh, <laughs> yeah uh, Peter Quill and the Guardians of the Galaxy make their way through the wastelands so the Wastelands is the name of the place that Old Man Logan Logan's and here. Old Man yeah. Hawkeye live. Interesting. Cool. Um, Black Panther, I haven't picked up on it at all. Tanahisi Coates. Uh, Captain Marvel's a new one launching this month. Yep. Again, they're Kelly obviously going to focus on to lead up to the movie. <laughs> yep. Um, and yeah, they're obviously leading up to the, the movie and such uh, yeah. with this. Um, that's a Possibly little, cover of the month. Could be, but again, it's covered. We we see uh, Doctor Strange in his new uh, his, his new Mark Wade getup, uh, silhouetted or against the face of Galactus, and uh, you just see exactly the size of Galactus there. Whenever you know Doctor Strange is, uh, yeah. is so small up against him. Um, so yeah, uh, the, the 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 current arc of Doctor Strange under Mark Wade has been has been great. It's been really good. He was he was away off in space there. Uh, again, it was just him overcoming his arrogance and relearning how to do magic after the last arc and where where the magic on Earth disappeared. And he, you know, so he's he's back he's back on form. Uh, great story, um, great story about Doctor Doctor Strange's history, and it's it's a great book, really really enjoyable. Ironheart, not couldn't care less. Not my thing. <laughs> gotta say oh um, first issue the cover alone was enough to put me off it yep yep the cover uh, was horrible 
seemed to be so it was so out of proportion like with any issue one you want to be eye-catching you want to be interesting and the the cover was so lazy it was horrible um but we move away in the marvel single issues on to sort of their uh trades towards the back and i gotta say there's a lot of great looking trades Mm -hmm. not all of them are due to come out in march some of them are being early solicit uh early solicits but um there's some great looking stuff here first one is actually one vicky has looked forward to enough that um she's put it up on the uh on the board in the store and this is actually related to we we we've been watching through the uh all the marvel tv shows recently uh just finished off defenders there and for season one but i think we both agree the best one so far has been jessica jones yeah it's been very good um so much so that when i was looking through for a trade to recommend i wanted to go for something different something that i've not read and um i saw jessica jones and purple daughter it's the first time it's in print in a trade form i'm guessing by this and it's um it's going into the background of jessica having a daughter um danielle uh yeah with luke cage and i didn't realize this that Jessica Jones and Luke Cage were actually married. So it's you just thought they were fuck buddies, didn't you? <laughs> well, let's be honest. In, in the start of the, the sort of Luke Cage run of the TV show, that's what it does seem. Yeah. And obviously, he ends up with Claire. Obviously, this isn't spoiler news by this Is point. Is Claire a character in Marvel Comics? Night Nurse, yeah. Okay. Well, Night Nurse was a character that was three different characters. Claire was one of them. Oh, yeah. okay. But... Um, just it's intriguing to see something different and um yeah it's to do with their uh, daughter coming home with purple skin obviously one of jessica's main you know foils is uh the purple man played so memorably by david tennant the first season of the tv show so uh yeah an original graphic novelist looks really interesting to me as well i have to say something i haven't read a lot of but so with the tv show and sort of eventually getting back onto season two Jessica Jones and obviously with them cancelling them sort of I would like to know a wee bit more about the characters mm. so hopefully this could be something for people to jump onto created by Brian Michael Bendis originally yeah Jessica Jones Jessica Jones yeah through Alias Comics mm-hmm. yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Um, so this one's actually written by Kelly Thompson uh, so it is another one um, Blindspot Blindspot yeah, so Blind Spot we've got in store at the moment it's uh it's it's before this isn't it yeah, yeah. so marvel have this thing it's called the uh, mpgn it's called the marvel premiere graphic novel ah, i was wondering what that's so they for. actually premiere these series in graphic novel form rather than this is a collection of single issues that's then been collected into a trade so uh we've got a couple of them in store there's a daredevil one and there's jessica jones one a few others there's a cloak and dagger one appearing um they've also got a tv show that i haven't watched Two yet. characters i just am not familiar with um they were interesting. They were a product of the seventies. Uh, they were uh, a pair of uh, street urchins who uh, ended up. <laughs> you mean like I'm like a product of the seventies? though you said. Eighties, are you? It's all right. <laughs> Just wait until we get to a thirtieth anniversary reprint oh, of a Stanley yeah. Silver Surfer story. Yeah, that wasn't pretty at all. It was one of the greatest <laughs> lines ever uttered in the store earlier. Oh really? <laughs> 
So we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Anyway, let's not worry about Cloak and Dagger. Uh, Winter Soldier, the fourth issue of the five issue miniseries by yeah. Kyle Higgins is great. It's first issue is great. Winter Second Soldier uh, trying to and a small team of people trying to uh, help folk who have made the wrong decisions yeah, in life. Like a you know, relocation program yeah, yeah. Trying to trying to get them out of trouble. Um, yeah. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy kicking off Donny Cates another one of our, our favourites this month yeah Jeff Shaw and Art look forward to that oh the Dark Guardians Ascend um, Uncanny X-Men which remains a uh, a weekly title I believe or is this fortnightly fortnightly at this point uh, yeah so Matthew. it's weekly for the first 10 issues then fortnightly yeah. after that that's a very Mark. classic looking Cyclops outfit it really think. is that's the 80's Cyclops uh, that's the cartoon yeah uh the 90s cartoon that's the old Wolverine as well that's the old Wolverine there's Havoc there and Multiple Man and Warpath and that looks like Warlock in there somewhere and there's a few heads yep um, yep so uh, I think by this stage Cyclops is well and truly back uh, Cyclops and uh, Wolverine have drawn together another team of X-Men so uh, I guess this is post Edge of X-Man yeah um, yeah so I'm, I'm really looking forward to this I love uh, really good to see Cyclops back he's reappeared in Exterminated uh, and uh, reappeared in X-Force first issue of X-Force was last week as well um, featuring uh, Domino and Warpath uh, the old X-Force, Cannonball, Shatterstar and those guys uh, on the hunt for uh, for Kid Cable uh, so this is uh, all the ramifications I thought X-Force was all about Deadpool no <laughs> No, <laughs> no, that's no, that's that's no. Yeah, no, no. X Force Five. So I'm, I'm really glad to see X Force back. Uh, it's a lot of the original X Force characters. Um, X Force soldiers and Deadpool. Give over, would you? <laughs> 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 uh, you know, so it's great to see those characters back together again. Um, they're hunting down Kid Cable, who murdered our Cable, older Cable. Uh, to take over and of course older cable was the guy who brought x-force together so they're on a, a mission of revenge but it seems to be going a little deeper with that and issue five uh is going into the origin of the kid called cable why is cable in our time now yeah. at the edge he is you know uh yeah so good stuff um i know uh vicky's into mr and mrs x and dead man well, logan and to be honest with mr and mrs x i've got the first seven issues in my bag, ready to read. I'm going to sit down and read them all, and hopefully, I will like the it. first couple so far. Yeah, the but first more one. interestingly than that, well, you seem to you read this today, the first issue. There was recently a podcast launch for Wolverine: The Long Night. Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh it's yeah. A unique yeah. way of you know yeah. telling a comic story, but they've done a comic adaptation for it. The, and you jumped in the issue one today. The first issue was really good. I didn't know nothing about it. I was I would have made sure. I got a copy um, beforehand, or an extra copy for us to put out on the shelf. But um, no, yeah, it literally closed the page and went, "Yeah, I want you to remember the rest of that." Yeah, so that <laughs> was, was a good time. Like I said earlier, most things with whenever I see anything with Wolverine or X twenty three, I pretty much jump onto him anyway. Um, just I'm not sure what it is about the character, but it's been one of the few Marvel characters that. I've stuck with through the last sort of yeah, four last years. Good few years. So it's just sort of I like Old Man Logan was a very good run, mm. sort of fifty issues and stuff like that. So and 
Dead Man Logan here. Dead Man Logan, now back number two. Maxi series. Yeah, so it's it, it's good to see the how the Five Fingers of Death. Is that the Wolverine from that cover from last month? No, I don't think it is. No, six Knuckles, yeah. No. Um, <laughs> so are you looking forward to getting original Wolverine back again? Or yeah. are you so stuck on Old Man no, Logan that you're going to miss him? See, I'm not sure because I don't know the sort of... Like, well, you're three issues in the Return of Wolverine. Yeah. But the thing is, obviously, but I, I got volume, I got volumes one and two, and I've read volume one, which is going back to the 80s, yeah. and I've Frank got Miller. all volume two as well, and that's 190 issues, and I still need to sit, to this day, I still haven't read a single issue of it yet, I need to sit down and just burn through them and read them mm. to get the actual, like, continuity of Wolverine and where he came from and sort of... I've read like the bits like Old Man Logan, like the original Old Man Logan with um, Mark Miller, and I've read the new one, so it's sort of a different how they've done. Yeah, yeah. But it's nice to see them being done in different ways. And uh, speaking of burning through, that's what I'm going to do with the rest of this book. Um, <laughs> so we're hitting a quick Star- shout out for this one though. Just is Star Wars Vader Dark Visions, five issue miniseries of a couple of guys in the store who are. Um, on Star Wars, Star Wars Darth Vader, it's coming to yeah. an end. Mm-hmm. This may be one to jump into. Uh, it's just going to be a five-issue miniseries. So. Who is Darth Vader? Exactly. And um, again, Dennis Hopeless, yeah. who uh, was writing just a tap back in. What was Dennis Hopeless writing? Uh, Dennis Hopeless has been writing a whole wreck of stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was something we were chatting about earlier. It was yeah, Dennis Hopeless. Not so long ago And now, of all. course, we're uh, mm-hmm. slightly... Uh, there he was in Cloak and Dagger. Uh, he was on, he'd been in a whole pile of stuff we've talked about. Yeah. Anyway, let's not, let's not worry too much about it. Uh, I don't know why I... I mean, I, the, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the Star Wars stuff. Uh, Kieran Gillen has written a lot of it. Jason Arne was on it initially. Yeah. Uh, it's really good quality stuff it's great art lovely stories I just get too much stuff to be worried about it um, yeah so Dr. Afra, Han Solo Imperial Cadet Padme Amidala General Grievous then the, the core title is at 62 and 63 it's good it's good stuff it's good stuff yeah um, if you want to read more about it the previous book will be at the council if you have a look through <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, <coughs> so Marvel are pushing um, Captain Marvel stuff now, I guess. Um, yeah, we're we're into the sort of Marvel section of the, uh, pre- the trades. Pre- sorry, yeah. the previous section where it's into the trades, and there's a lot of good stuff here. Some of them are early solicits, um, uh, titles that come out July, in May, yeah. June, July, that kind of thing. Yeah. But we've got to throw a couple of them out there. I know Venom number two is solicited in this. Yeah, well, they're. Uh, they're Kids continuing. I believe it's going to be yeah. um, April. You've got Thanos by Donny Cates hardcover, which is going to incorporate his Thanos run, his Cosmic Ghost Rider run, and also Thanos Legacy. Now, that's not going to be out until July, but that that's looking pretty damn fantastic as well. Um, I'm guessing uh, that one's going to be added to the pile. Oh, that one's going to go on my omnibus pile, which currently contains Silver Surfer, Flash, New um, 52, and... Uh, this is interesting. Heroes Reborn omnibus hardcover, so that was uh, after Onslaught. Mm-hmm. All of the heroes of the Marvel Universe uh, effectively were re- reborn. So uh, you had Rob Liefeld and writing like Captain America and, and drawing Captain America and Jim Lee. There's that written by Jim Lee. Jim Lee wrote Fantastic Four, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it's really good. It's all so there was there was twelve issues of Captain America, twelve issues of Avengers, of Fantastic Four, of Iron Man. 
it was it was really good stuff. Um, That's another early solicit, June was, 2019. Yeah. Here's one for June 2019, Marvel Comics, The World Outside Your, Your Window. It's a hardcover. Uh, what it does is, I guess, what Marvel has always done quite well, even in their selection of their, their, their universe, is Marvel chose to set their universe in a facsimile of the real world. So in Marvel, you've got New York, you've got San Francisco, you've got Chicago. In DC, you've got Metropolis, you've got Gotham. You've got, these are places that don't actually exist, whereas Marvel has chosen to to set it you know, in places with real landmarks and yeah. real, real people. you know. So, for example, uh, I guess what, what was memorable was at the time of September 11th, uh, DC didn't ever have to react to that. Whereas in Marvel, you know, they'd okay. always shown the, 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 the Twin Towers in the background. So they did, they reacted to that. They had a Spider-Man issue that was... It's one know, of the best comics ever. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but Marvel have never shied away of, of reflecting uh, the, the yeah. real world and social issues. So what the world outside your window is, it's, it's reprints, it's re- recollection with writers like Joe Simon, Stan Lee, Steve Gerber, Bob Layton... Uh, Chris Claremont, Scott Lobdell, Peter David, J. Michael Studinsky, um, G. Willow Wilson, Jim Zub, Zeb Wells, uh, Kirby, Gil Kane, Gene Cohen and Pencils, John Romita Jr. You know, all of these big names and it's reprinting issues like, uh, you know, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 97, where, which dealt with uh, Harry Osborne's addiction to drugs. Uh, Iron Man, Demon in the Bottle, which dealt with oh. Tony Stark's alcoholism. Um, we have the Hulk dealing with teen suicide. We have Astonishing X Men dealing with uh, with equal marriage, um, terrorism, school shootings. You know these powerful stories from Marvel's eighty years that were heavy hitting subjects. You know what I mean? HIV. You know, as I say, drug abuse. You know all of these things. So that's what this. That's what this is. And I mean, I. I Maybe it's one of the reasons why I've always veered towards Marvel Comics more than DC is because they yeah. they have never shied away from these, from these issues and these things that are reflected in in, in the real world, you know. So, so I might it looks really yeah really I might good. pick that up. It's it's going to be a chunky one. It's three hundred twenty pages and it's um it's, it's oversized. June. It's June and as it's well. June, so yeah. maybe we should start saving the pennies. Yeah. Well, yeah. my birthday is twenty first of June. <clears throat> just saying, saving those pennies. I have to say, this is another one. <laughs> Yeah, well, this is one more for me, which is a Silver Surfer a Parable 30th Anniversary Edition. Um, this is what we were talking about earlier with regards to... Uh, I showed this to Keith, and it's 30th Anniversary, and he went, I was 10 when I bought that. <laughs> and I actually just said to him, the math adds up. <laughs> um, but this is uh, this is an all-time classic written by Stan Lee, art by uh, Mobius. Mobius, yeah. And I'm very much looking forward to this. Uh, this is not something that I own. Anybody who listens to podcasts will know. I mean, Silver Surfer is my favorite um, Marvel character. So I am all over this. Again, it's an early solicit. It's not until July 2019. But, I mean, just look at that cover. Of course, I not very good for a no visual, idea. Uh, audio did. medium. Who? He did Marvel, Mobius. Mobius, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Jean Girard, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Holy yeah, well, there you go. Uh, he did. He did. <laughs> he did. There it uh, is. I remember <laughs> actually there was a. Have you ever seen the movie Crimson Tide with uh, Gene Hackman, Denzel Washington? Denzel Washington. There's a, an interesting conversation that they have at the table in that, mm-hmm. uh, in the submarine where they talk about. Uh, it's when one of the younger uh, Denzel's trying to gear on one of the, the younger members of the crew, mm-hmm. and uh, they talk about uh, who the best Silver Surfer artist is, whether or not it's 
Jack Kirby are well in us movies mm-hmm. and uh, you know in, in the end you know he G's him on and he goes yeah Mobius is alright but it's always been Jack Kirby <laughs> you know watch it again it's a really great reference uh, so it is speaking of Kirby there's uh, Kirby's king size Thor um, yeah um, so yeah some masterworks there's uh, some great Wolverine and, uh, and Cyclops stuff as Guardians of the Galaxy first trade paperback is out in uh, I guess in March Shuri that's uh, that and Killmonger both came from the Black Panther movie which yeah. I still can't believe was only out in February last year um, there's Venom number two yeah so they're releasing they're re-releasing the, the first trade of Donny Cates Venom and the second Volume trade yeah so uh, those are those are fantastic those are both yeah. great. Yeah, that Donny Cates on Venom, as I say, has just been one of the standout well, books worth getting. You didn't let me down with Immortal Hulk, so all right, I'll take up your recommendation there. Very decent of you to say. Um, Shatterstar, I don't know what to think of that. I love the character, but uh, it just didn't really grab me. I remember me. you initially had put that down as something you were going to read single issue wise. Then yeah, I think even just yeah. before it came out, you went nah. That. Yeah, Marvel's monsters of the seventies. I'm interested in that mm. I love uh, I love the Legion of Monsters and like Mobius and that sort of side of the Marvel Universe so that looks well, very again, interesting again look at the talent Doug Moenick Marv Wolfman yep um, you got Jerry some, Conway yep. yeah you got some good guys on that yeah and that's again celebrating 80 years of Marvel um, a couple of Marvel Knights ones. yeah that's collecting uh, Marvel Knights 20th trade paperback that month so yeah I mean I think that kind of um that kind of covers it, I think. Um, so you think that's a uh, Marvel's gonna have uh, a really good month? I think so. This is gonna be lovely. Shield by uh, Jonathan Hickman and Dustin Weaver. Yeah, yeah. The first four issues were two thousand and eleven, and Shield Shield five and six were last year. Last year. Yeah. Uh, but that was a really good book. What happened, I think, was Jonathan Hickman got caught up with his Avengers run and then other things and. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, that's that. I think I'll maybe grab that. I don't think I got five and six, but I mm-hmm. think I have one to four somewhere else. So I'm maybe gonna gonna bag that in April. Um, Spider Man twenty nine nine versus Venom twenty nine nine trade. I'm always happy with anything that has anything to do with Spider Man twenty nine nine. Yeah. So uh, so there we go. Um, I don't think there's too much more. There's too much more uh, in here. There's a few more pages. There are. Let's, we may as let's well, just, for completionist sake. Sure, why not? <laughs> why not? Secret Avengers by Rick Remender. That was a great title. Um, yep, that's us. Yeah. We're done. At the checklist, at nice. the back, and at Spider-Man's City at War. Brilliant. So there you go. That is the, uh, the new format for the previews, <laughs> which we thought would be shorter and more efficient, but is a actually brisk. three and a half yeah. hours. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it, it just sort of further emphasizes the point that there are so many great titles that come out. When it comes to the previous catalogue, the diversity is, is almost endless. And we can always throw out our favorite looking titles. And we will put those on the board, certainly in the store. But there's just such a great range of stuff that I, I really do think that the comics industry is so great because there is something for everyone. No matter what you're into, what genre you enjoy, what character you enjoy. And, um, sometimes takes going through the previews catalogue to realise that doesn't it yeah it really yeah. does it really does I mean there's there's just so much diversity out there at the moment there's, there's not going to be you know there is something for everyone I would say that so uh, but yeah we'll, we'll bring it to an end there at three and a half hours we're uh, entering 
and the Vier territory here. So, uh, I think we've that we haven't, but um, no, I mean, it was the yeah. first podcast of this year as well, so we wanted to, you know, go through it in depth. We've got a few well, ideas for. I think your previews one will always be big. Well, but then the reviews you'll probably be similar to. I mean, I think you just have to accept it's going to be long. I think previews is always going to be quite long because the books are always. Yeah, you know, I mean, you look at the indie previews alone; it's it's such a thick book. Reviews is always good because we can um, always tailor that down to things we've personally enjoyed, and have a discussion on that. But we've got a few ideas for one or two other podcasts as well. We'll we'll see how it goes. But I'll also throw it out there as well to if there is anybody that listens to this and fancies doing a one-off podcast, whether it's just you know talking about a title that meant a lot to you or. You know, something you've enjoyed recently, you fancy sitting down talking about for 25, 30 minutes, get in touch. It's it's not a problem. Um, How do you do that? Well, we'll also throw it out there as well. I mean, Facebook's probably our biggest um, social media um, presence. But if you have any questions for us, you know, stuff you want to know about from, you know, classic runs, whether it's Marvel or DCs, things coming up, send us a question or two at, at coffeeheroes1, which is our Twitter um, handle. Send us a message through Facebook. You'll just find us on there, Coffee and Heroes. Or just pop into the shop and just let us know and we'll, we'll talk about it on air next time we're uh, recording one. So, uh, yeah, we're going to do the old uh, classic stick pin in it there. Uh, I was lo- I would love to say I'm your host as always. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Alan. Keith. I've been Keith. Roddy. And uh, I hope you have enjoyed and we'll see you in the store soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye.